Hey, folks, sorry about last week. Sorry. The show was subpar and the sound quality was dog shit. Hopefully this week is better. <laughs> well, we made some box. Um, we brought the box back, but we lifted it. We elevated the box, mm-hmm. so we're not slouching anymore. It's a different environment. And I also noticed that the microphone settings were incorrect, so I made adjustments nice. there. In truth, I think it's pretty good, but um, you have to, I don't know. Patience. It's both good in the sense that sometimes it's okay not to be funny, haha, all the time. And we, we we talked about not like super serious. Well, I guess it's mild. Well, here's the thing: we kept to our plan coming back after COVID. Segments. Segments. But they went crazy this time because we. Well, the first two went a little long. Our first segment was just kind of free form catching up, and it dovetailed into golf for the last 15 minutes. Yeah. Because you. You know, the thing about the segments is good too, and now we're just giving it all away. Mm-hmm. But say that middle part sucks. Yeah. You can roll the golf into the into vagina the, reviews yeah, and that's and that's a good episode. <laughs> Speaking of which, the middle part I think was fine. So the middle part good. the it middle part good. we devoted to uh, current affairs. Current events. Obviously there's some news and politics. But in this involved. one, Brian well banks more likely. We shit on both sides. Yeah. Particularly well, the left. The thing. Here's the thing. That middle segment that was current events, news and politics, it's a forty five minute segment. And at the twenty five minute mark I would understand if most of our listeners went, all right, I'm ready for the next one. It's not bad, but, but it's long-winded. But there's good stuff coming. But that middle segment ends fantastic in a great way. Yeah. And you're only going to enjoy it if you listen to, to the, the, yeah. to we, the... It's all about it's all about what you put in. So, as you know, it, Brian, you especially, if you're tempted to keep pressing that flash-forward yeah. 30-second button, you're going to miss out on some shit. Yeah. And, I, and I, we found out, I told you the other day, we got people listening that I didn't even know about. Right. Friends of mine. So, um, Alan may want to skip that segment. Well, no, <laughs> stay around. Uh, and then the last segment was supposed to be porn star vagina reviews, which we did do a little bit, a bit. but, but it, mainly little it, Debbie cakes and a mixture of, yeah. of, of boners jokes and basically talking about the, the guarantee that it is that a woman feels your boner when you're dancing, but there's a little bit more to it. There's, there's complexity yeah. there. There's, I don't want to sell anything short in any of the segments because at some point in all of them. <laughs> Yeah. Just brutal honesty. Bottom baby. line, I wish this show was the first show back and not what we did. That I don't back. care. We came back. We gave somebody something to listen I to. I think having the cat box made a difference. I think it, not having it, I felt freer, but this way is nicer because I feel like it'll sound better. You and have I don't, some, and I you don't, have some <clears throat> hand room. Yeah. I'm you have not, a place to stash your dip cans. Yeah, that too. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> asshole. Anyway, WFCK! Holla! This is not recorded. It is. I just remember the 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 Naren the Naren Naren. I guess that Naren Neville. It's him and Ann Murray. They're the ones who were on late night TV selling their box set. Well, I just remember Aaron Neville always tried to, to hawk the Christmas album the hardest. And he, he, it was that one song, um, Oh Holy Night. It has it. It was like he took every single. 
And now, ladies and gentlemen, to sing our national anthem, please welcome Aaron Neville. No! You know, as my mom, as you know, my mother was a singing professional. Yeah, for a number of years, and a, and and a good uh, what do they call that? Um, chore- choreographer. Sure, uh, all of those things. <laughs> she was all of those things. But I used to ask I just her, you know, this, the uh, this motion. Oh yeah, not a visual, but just, just panning the audience. Yeah, a, a hand pan with the palm facing upwards. I mean, there are ways to talk with your hands and be expressive with your hands that don't make you like a pretentious douchebag. It's just that there's far more ways to look like a pretentious douchebag if you talk too much with your hands. Sure. Yeah. Like most Italians. Sure. <laughs> and Nick Saban's of the world. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just stuff like that. Hers was more uh, part of an artistic presentation. I don't think it was so much speaking with her hands. I get it. <laughs> but I asked her one time about... What what is Aaron Neville? I remember being a little kid and thinking that there was something like, not different because of course you knew that this guy doesn't sing like everybody else. What is that? Yeah, and she said it was staccato. Is that right? I can't. I think that's what I remember. Sounds like it. But I used to just my Aaron Neville impression was I would just carry a, a regular you no know, ah and then just ah and just add the chop to your throat, you know, and just that was your Neville. There he is, Aaron Neville, pulling him up. Wanted a bit. Does he have a face? Yeah, he does have a face Jesus, tattoo. Jesus, he really does have a face tattoo? Yeah. I remember that sticking out as a kid when I would see him on, like, late night TV. I'm so, I'm so you know, this set. is the most Aaron Neville's been talked about on a podcast across America, so I think... Well, he's my friend. <laughs> oh, I thought I'd bring him up. Not cool. Bring this back to Randy. <laughs> Me and Aaron Neville were singing a song. <laughs> he kept doing that thing with his throat. <laughs> I just wanted to wrap it up, but he was only on the second verse. <laughs> God damn it, Aaron Neville! <laughs> I'm going back to cocaine. <laughs> I hate Aaron Neville. <laughs> that should be like a, a thing. Randy Newman should just release "I Hate" and just somebody, you know. Hmm. Speaking of Aaron Neville, <laughs> um, I wanted to find out who sings this. Just a swinging. Oh, so well, there was some content. It is John Anderson. That's, what I, that's awful. It's terrible to think that he sang such a great, beautiful song with Indian. I think it was Seminole Wind. There's a little girl in our neighborhood. Okay, we don't need to espouse all the weird singers, but yes, if there was ever two singers that could could do each other's role, like could could John Anderson do R and B, and could Aaron Neville transition over into what can only really be called a strange place in country music? John Anderson's music is. Different, I want to see, but could they do it? Absolutely. I want to see if his voice really sounds like it does in my memory. Mm-hmm. Right, is this the swinging? Yeah. Well, well, after this ad, I'll I'll, I'll blast this. Yeah, real this quick. is Just great pod. Just right off, the, right off the bat. You know, if you really want to do that, I could do it on the phone. I don't remember the song. Let's, let's get to the. Yeah. 
phone. But you get the point. What's amazing about a guy like that is that someone heard, like, he went out for amateur night yeah. at a place like Gilly's in Houston or something. Let's sign that guy. Which one? The one that sounds like he's got something stuck in his throat. <laughs> I was thinking we'd sign the Con- the Conway Twitty guy. Like, nah, 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 nah. He's bullshit. Let's yeah. sign the frog in the throat guy. But, yeah, but they said that this is so different that this guy will probably sell. And they were right. I've often wondered how, like, singers, and you can choose any genre here, how they arrive at, like... I'm going to do a thing with my voice instead of just singing. Like, mm. you've heard Dwight Yoakam talk in movies. That's not anything like what his singing voice sounds like. His singing voice sounds like this. Like, he, he, he puts on a thing, and then when you hear him talk in movies, he's like, I can't even take a drink of water <laughs> from the retard. And you know that John you know that John Anderson doesn't talk like this. What if you met him? What if you met him? He's like, oh, let me get uh, two cheeseburgers and one small fry. You know, like, what if he did that? If I was John Anderson, there would be no, there would be no scenario that I that I ever leave my John Anderson, you know, at all. Like, I would oftentimes find myself going to the Seminole Hard Rock Casino in Tallahassee just so I could blow, blow, Seminole wind. All of it. I would find scenarios to just be John Anderson. <laughs> if you're behind on your bill. Come in next month. You know, something stupid. I don't... But, like, you've heard Eddie Vedder talk in real life. He sounds like he sounds like Johnny Depp, but then when he sings, he's... That's a different one. I don't, but they, I, don't, I don't get any better. They, well, I mean, Scott Weiland from Stone Temple Pilots, that's not what he talked like. Like, I just wonder at what point as a singer you go like, mm, I'm not liking me, so I'm going to do something. When you decide that you ain't selling. Scott Stapp from Creed. When, I don't sing with my jaw, shut it out. <laughs> James Hetfield from Metallica. <laughs> hey. uh, uh, again, if, if you sing it one way mm-hmm. and, and nothing happens... And you go up there the next night, and you're fucked up, and you say, you know what? Whatever you do, whatever thing you say. Hey, uh, John, that was a good take, too, but uh, the guys in the room, they're just not digging it. You think you could do something a little different with your voice? Well, I was doing that Kermit the Frog thing earlier. Yeah, give that a whirl. There's a little girl. This is it. Oh, my God. This is it. You struck gold. There's a little girl. Oh, that's too good. <laughs> blow, blow, seminal wind. Blow, blow, seminal wind. Seminal, seminal wind. Seminal wind. <laughs> hey, Ernie. <laughs> Is that racist? <laughs> Probably, Bert. <laughs> Tonight on the show, we've got John Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> Most known for his voice actor work on Sesame Street. <laughs> Here's a carbon. God damn it. John Anderson's here? <laughs> John Anderson John is here. John Anderson. Um, just a swinging. Just, <laughs> which is another... Pr- is that really that song? I, I, I've never got... Is that really the, just a couple of swinging and that's the whole point? I don't want you to play it again. No, you don't. No, I don't. <laughs> I do, but I don't, I, have you ever seen the lyrics? Cause no, let's look that up. Just a swinging lyrics. <clears throat> Oh, this is shit pod. No, it's not. This has been fun so far. And this, our, I guess our first segment for today's purposes will box. be bullshit. Yeah, back in the cat box with well, the proof sound. Uh, There's a little girl in uh-huh. our neighborhood. Her name is Charlotte Johnson, and she's in looking Okay, so don't just read it. We want to get... Uh, in fact... There you go, right here. And we were swinging, 
Yes, we were swinging. Little Charlotte, she's as pretty as the angels when they sang. I can't believe I'm out here on the front porch swing, just swinging. Well, just swinging. Okay, she's just on the front porch just swinging. Yeah, I don't think there's anything. Her daddy was in the backyard rolling up a garden hose. Okay, so they're fucking. <laughs> they're fucking on a front porch swing. Oh, is that what that song's about? Having I don't know. Porch sex. Porch swing songs? <clears throat> I thought that's what that was leading to. Those old, <coughs> those old fashioned southern swings are like this. What, like eighteen inches deep? How you doing that? How you I don't doing even know. That? I don't even know how you do it because the any thrust is gonna. I mean, yeah. the physics of it alone. Maybe they were like doing like a like a sitting sixty nine in the swing. Mm. Speaking of sitting sixty nines, I went <laughs> uh, today was my first foray to the gym. Oh, good. So you brought COVID here. No one was there. That's that's where I'm I'm going. I was. It was kind of. I was like. I knew that there would probably be limited people. The most dickless gym visit you've ever had. By far. I never. <laughs> I think I saw two people, but they are like. It was. It was weird to know. Like they've they've totally restructured their gym. They they already had this air system that they were touting up months and months ago pre COVID. Yeah. That, they have plexi everywhere. Yeah, but yeah. they had in this case this this air system they put in last year. It circulates air and disinfects at the same time, so that mm. within a two hour period of the lights going off in the club, the entire place has essentially sanitized itself mm. with this airflow. Okay, and it makes it to where any material surface it cannot hold bacteria. Mm. It's it, I don't it's they. Got it from Stanford. The air system is it like... makes you wonder, like, why, why doesn't every place with a gathering of people have one of these things? Probably not access to a lot of money. Because when I looked at this machine, I was like, that... I Only knowing what I know about, like, just a fire alarm box. Like, if you mm. go into a place and you see that big, giant, red access box yeah. that someone would have to come in and work on, right? But yeah. that's, those things are so fucking expensive that I can't even imagine... And that's just electrical wire and, mm. and computer chips. And I can't even imagine what the circulation and air ventilation, uh, 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 basically a self-cleaning yeah. ventilation system would cost. It just, it reminds me, it's an old Adam Carolla story about how he used to go to his dentist all the time. And he would say, uh, they have those, uh, when you're doing the water spray, they have those, the, the, the water spray where it's warm. And his dentist goes, yeah, they have those. It's like. Yeah, do you have that? No, nah, we don't have one of those. Like, why not? I was like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> it's like, but they make it. Why don't you have it? <laughs> it's your. It's specifically made for your profession. Yeah. If you could tout like, there's no bacteria in our building mm. because we have one of, we have the Renai bacteria air filter, that you know sanitizes surfaces. Like, how how does that hurt? Right. You know, wouldn't you think, especially a gym, pre-COVID, if you could announce like. You don't ever have to worry about getting any sort of funk, you know, you know, some, you know, crotch bacteria transfer. Mm-hmm. Someone doesn't wipe their seat. Everything's dead in here. Yeah. See, I don't know how that all works, but it was. They checked my temperature. Mm. That, this was the first time I had, I had had to go through a process. Does that make sense? Yeah. This was not like you walk in the door and as long as you have a mask on, like a Costco, where they require. You, oh, stop it! Where they require <laughs> you to have a mask at Costco like no exceptions right yeah. but that's it you still got every nitwit little kid in there sticking a finger up their butt and mouth touching everything so really you my, know yeah my favorite mask wearers in public are the ones that just wear it like a football chin strap 
and it's just completely under the mouth. I, I don't get into the whole. Uh, it's, it's like, like thank you. The people that seriously still want to argue with each other about the validity of the mask versus the non-mask and how much. <laughs> The ego in it, like yeah. you're more of a man because you don't wear a mask, or I'm less of a man because I wear a mask. I don't. That's so stupid. And well, the times that we live in yeah. to focus on that. Well, if just, I wear the mask, at, just look at Japan or Korea where mask. Call, it, you're you were you were raised literally. To, if you were sick, you wear a mask in public. Here's the thing: it's for other people, not for you. And we know we've we've discussed all that. I'm not going. I'm not taking this towards a morality stance. Mm. I'm taking it towards. I like wearing it. Because I like hiding my fat fucking face. <laughs> and I like that you can't see my face. Yeah. And, I, and the number one thing I like the most about the mask-wearing era that I hope continues is that I can wear that mask, literally talk shit about you. Mm. Not, like, loud. Right. Just enough volume that I'm enjoying it. And mm. I'm not, not just in my head. I'm like, look at this fucking bitch. Or look <laughs> at this fuck boy. Yeah. Look at this boogaloo cuck boy. You know, like all these. Look at this proud boy on yeah, his Yeah. Proud boy weighing 280, not missing any meals. <clears throat> when this shit really pops off, you're going to yeah. have a hard time. If you really wanted a second civil war, I guess I guess you could look at it. But your last most of these proud boogaloo, yeah, yeah, most of these proud boogaloo boys could use a few laps off, right? Yeah. So the thing is, like, when this shit really pops off, maybe they're just trying to like that's their storage. I don't know. They'll slim down. As it gets worse, maybe that maybe that's part of their strategy. Hey, when you guys do a running gun in the woods, are you always last? <laughs> you are, aren't you? <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. The guns are heavy. The guns are <laughs> and so are you. <laughs> so is your chin. When the race war pops off, are you gonna protect me or what do I, I mean, what do I have to do? Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I it was a it was a it was a wild a wild experience to be in there and to to see that you know the changes they no basketballs you know nothing you can physically it was just weird that they wouldn't provide you with a basket oh my god I spilled some water here you any paper towels do you? Um, let's take a quick break negative quick sex break I'll just clean this up it's all good did you see uh, the podcast title for the show that finally aired <laughs> no <laughs> this will be good release we're a podcast <laughs> I was like, what's that old Disney cartoon about the dinosaurs? We're back. And I was like, oh, it's just, we're, we're back a dinosaur story. <laughs> Nevertheless, <laughs> show for you. Oh, shit. Yeah, if you, if you don't read the liner notes on the show, this the one that aired most recently uh, was particularly salty. <laughs> hey, gang, we're finally back with shittier audio quality. <laughs> Nevertheless, we have a show for you, and we recorded it sitting across from each other, not six feet apart, so now we both have COVID. <laughs> Not really, but hey, you never know these days, right? We're not worried, though, because it's all just a worldwide liberal conspiracy anyways to help kick off the upcoming 2020 race war. Woo! Anyways, it's a show, and it's also kind of okay, so enjoy. Now, obviously, Banks missed it. Yeah, Banks didn't hear the new show. No. Hopefully, Matt hears it, you know, I mean, 24 hours from now. He needs to get all the shows. We should just be live streaming. Need to text Matt that there's a show up in case he doesn't see the notification. Yeah, that for way sure. He knows. But um, is there anything else in, in bullshit in bullshit land for you? In the world of? Uh, no, not really. I mean, I got one. There's there's more. We're going out or not going out, but there's things are renormalizing a little bit. So I feel like in the coming days and weeks, you, know, we'll you went to our, the you went to the pool, right? And you get to the pool. We went to, uh, that's mom and dad's friend's backyard pool. Oh, so not really like a real... Not a public pool. Not a public pool. 
what we were talking about. It's like we know who gets in this pool, uh-huh. and even and they even admit it. Like we don't even use it. Like that's the classic thing. Like you have a pool in your backyard and you don't get in it. Like meh, you know. Mm. It's like when friends used to come over in high school. You have a pool table. Like yeah, you play. No, not really. <laughs> when I was like, I don't know. I just don't want to. But yeah. in fairness to me, it wasn't my pool table. It was Hoyt's. <clears throat> But uh, we felt comfortable taking the girls there because we, we know whose house it is. We know I remember clean. that pool table. I remember feeling pretty cool. I remember that feeling of being the other kid and being, oh, they have a pool table. Yeah. We've actually had two pool tables. I think. Oh, well. Because they're too heavy to move. Bourgeoisie. I don't, think he, I don't think he moved it from the first house. I think he just bought a second one. I remember it being in, like, the TV room off the kitchen. That, that was that the three-story house. Yeah, that was that Cherokee County house. It, yeah. was, in the, it was in the bonus room. Yeah. With the yeah. green carpet. That green carpet? Mm-hmm. I don't recall that. Not a not like a golf green, like a like dark, a, like a it, sick like green. Oh, like with a little blue in it. Ooh, and, and beige furniture. <laughs> and for a good long while, a projector TV <laughs> with like a with like a kiosk thing in oh. the middle that projected the three colors. Oh the yeah, 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 for sure. And I believe the pool table was like a like a natural wood with a with a grass green like card like gaming tabletop felt. Oh yeah, yeah I remember there were rules, you know. But I was just like to slide the balls. I never even picked up the sticks. These are throwing the balls down the table. It's funny. I have a picture, a Polaroid picture of you somewhere that I saw when I was cleaning out boxes not that long ago, playing pool on that table. Oh, in that well, maybe, I, maybe they did allow me one day to, maybe, maybe later. You just couldn't rest a drink anywhere on or near it. Ah, because yeah, I, was I was a big drinker back in those well, days. And you couldn't sit on it. You couldn't, you know, it was uh, it's like, don't touch it. Just look at it. <laughs> You know, Everyone had those. There was a fear, the don't touch. There was a fear that you were going to ruin the felt by missing yeah, the ball. Miss- like, just don't. Just just look at it from the hallway. From the hallway. Don't look. Don't don't look directly at it. There's a mirror. We put a mirror behind it. You look into the mirror. Look in both of our eyes at the same time and see it. No, but the pool table that they have now, it's a darker wood, and I think it's like a burgundy top, and it's in the basement. Mm. Um, and that one, I think, has seen a bit more wear. Yeah. Just because it's in the basement and it's less policed. And uh, my friend Adam in high school got, like, chocolate cake on it. You know, there's drink green. Everything you didn't want to happen to the first one happened sure, to the second one. Sure, sure, sure. You know, it's like kids. You mm. know, your first one you're real strict with. Your second one you loosen up a little bit. And your third one is Banks. Yeah. Boy. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, do whatever. Banksy Bankstons. <laughs> oh, I know what I could tell you about. You might even be into this. Me and Banks and Dad went to uh, Top Golf on Friday. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you've been there. I've been there once. I thought you've been a few times. I've been there once, but I, other than when I was seventeen and and Hoyt was trying real hard to get me to play the game of golf, I, I've never been able to effectively hit the golf ball mm-hmm. well. I I baseball swing it. I lift my shoulder and I look too soon. Sure. <clears throat> but uh, my father-in-law goes and plays a lot. And during uh, the COVID quarantine, I bought this little, like, at-home putt thing. And I was like, oh, you know, this is fun to just, like, knock balls around in the backyard. I said, but I want to know how to actually hit it. I want someone to stand there and tell me all the things I'm doing wrong. Because mm-hmm. every time I go hit it, I, it's like watching fucking Happy Gilmore, except it doesn't go straight up and over. <laughs> it goes that way or that way or down. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. And it's frustrating because you, you, you see some, the guy that goes behind you just, like, whacks it and it's... You know, if it's an eight iron, they hit it 130 yards straight up and over. It's like, how come I can't do that? What the fuck am I doing wrong? Mm-hmm. So they took me, and Dad coached me for a while, and then Banks gave me some of his pointers. And by the third hour, probably the 300th ball, I was doing fairly well. Really? Yeah, so 
I've got some used oh. clubs on the way, and there's oh. actually a range right by the house that charges like next to nothing for balls. So I'm gonna start going there on the regular. And nice. Try to get hook good so that eventually maybe I can tag along with my father-in-law and actually go to a course. Wow. Well, you know, you can always come out with me. Well, that's why I'm bringing it up, because I know you go on the regular. Pretty regularly, about but once a week now. If I was going to go with somebody, it'd literally be like a, don't let me slow you down. I'm going to play at your rate. So if you drive it 200 yards and I only drive it 140, we're just going to pick mine up and walk to your well, there's a difference there. <laughs> I mean, if, I, if, you, you, if you hit it straight, yeah. then you, you should hit your ball. Right. Pace of play is not going to be affected by that. Whereas, But if you hit it like... 78 yards into the woods and you spend five minutes looking for the ball yeah, that's where you that. have a problem yeah so it's like you're not gonna have an issue because no one, if you came out with me that is fun hitting it straight was the is the biggest challenge i think for you it would be interesting to see you just do anything sportish for one but you would you would own the outfit so like if you got good at golf, mm-hmm. you would enjoy the golf just for mm-hmm. the golf. The as Jerry Seinfeld, get out Lee family golf. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing. Right. So and it's right. Yeah. In every possible way. It's not a bad thing. It's mm-hmm. just that for myself and for a lot of I I mean call it what it is, kind of white guys mm-hmm. generally, that's their oh, the, tiger. Well, He's, he's a professional. He's quite good at it. And I'm not saying that it's racial. I'm just saying for a lot of these guys, it's just like that's what you do. It's almost like as Americans, like, oh, you get married, you have two kids, you golf on Sunday with your boys. You watch football on Saturday, foot Sunday, then you go golf or yeah. whatever. And it's kind of like this cultural thing. I've never been that. I just love the game. I like being out yeah. early morning. Mm-hmm. I like I have I've never bought a set of clubs. Mm-hmm. Never. I've only ever used hand me downs. One of my old Auto broken days. The guy, I walked in this guy's office and he had these clubs in a nice Titleist bag. And I was like, "Hey, what you got? You giving them? You selling them?" I was like, "No, you can just have them." And they were Nike, Nike clubs, mm. no drivers, just Nike irons and a Titleist bag. And Don't I, you love guys like that when you're like, "Hey, that's cool." And he's like, "You want it?" I'm like, "What are you yeah. serious?" Like, "Yeah, just take it." I don't well, want I mean, they're, it's not like they're <laughs> they're not Elvis giving away Cadillacs. Right. But he was like, "I have two sets. I just bought a brand new set. Yeah. I was going to sell those for like a hundred bucks, but." I work with you. Just well, take no, them. Yeah, that happened to me. When I was in a shop with a vendor, and he had this old like street, um, uh, this old road bike. And I had just recently been thinking about getting a bike to ride in the city when we lived in the city. And I said, "That's eh, a cool looking old bike." It reminded me of the one that like Owen Wilson rides in that movie with Vince Vaughn. Mm-hmm. It's like I, I said, "That's a cool bike." He said, "You want it?" I said, "I mean, I'm not going to take your bike." He said, "That's not my bike. <laughs> it's like my bike like ten bikes ago. It's just here collecting dust. If you want it, you can have it." That's one. <clears throat> I mean, there's there's people like that. They say yeah. I could sell it to some idiot yeah. and go through the hassle. This guy says that's a cool bike, and it's much cooler for me to be like, take it because I'm never going to use it. I've done that. You've done yeah. that. Yeah. But I think what I was saying about you and golf, it would be fun to have something that we could that would be fun mm-hmm. to play golf with you because I play a lot, and it's I've gotten to the point where I've gotten fairly good yeah. by I'd say your standards <clears throat> to the point where I'm like reaching out to my old neighbor to be like, hey, super uh, producer Burke's dad. Was, yeah. a, was a golf pro when we were little kids. Mm. So I reached out and said, hey, I'll drive up to Brazelton. You live on a golf course. Yeah, We can go to driving range. We can do however you want. I'm, I just I want to pay you because I, I want – now I'm to the point where I'm like, okay, I hit 10 to 15 on a great day, 20 good shots around. Good shots. Mm. I, 
you know, the rest of it is who knows what's about the to happen. drives are just good. Oh, I drive the ball exceptionally well. I yeah. mean, like, now that everyone saw this coming, here's your first sports hour on Speaking Skip Madaver. We should, uh, if we do this, we should take the podcast microphone. Yeah, absolutely. We should record. Because I'm going to lay this on the ground <laughs> so they can hear the sound of what it sounds like when you hit the yeah. golf ball versus when I hit yeah, the golf ball. Yeah, they'll hear the bing when you hit it, and they'll hear the... Right. They'll, hear, they'll hear the club hit the ground before it hits the ball when I'm doing it. Well, I played last Sunday, and we we played a course. It's kind of a short, little, basically a glorified par three, which is right up your alley. Short, not you know, wide open. Right, Peachtree Golf Club. Something. This is not <laughs> Peachtree Golf Club is a little bit more <laughs> low brow, but you do have the lights there. You can't even go. You can't. There. That is a cool place for the lights. Yeah, but you can't. It's impossible to go go there. We do there. We you can't you can't go there. Yeah, well, you get pepper. I've been hit with three golf balls there. Physically hit with three <laughs> golf balls there. That's how crazy tight that is. But anyways, that, fuck it. What was I saying before you talked? Par three. Just did it. Oh right. It has a few <clears throat> de- decent par fours. Mm-hmm. So I step up. I've been driving the ball pretty well all day, and I was like, all right, if I really like put mustard on this. Mm. Like, meaning, like, don't try to hold anything back. Because when I typically use that club, it, I'm kind of erratic with it. So I don't usually give it 100% full swing. I just try to keep everything nice and, mm. you know, on tempo. And I'll probably <laughs> I average anywhere from, like, 230 to 250 yards at best with my driver. With the driver. So we're playing from the tips, which means the, black, the hardest tees. But at this course, that's not saying much. It mm. just adds another 15 yards. And the guys in front of the place was packed. So the guys, the force on out in front of us was not going slow, but it was just a crowded day. And they got up over this berm, and I knew the course well, and I was like, that should be fine. We should be able to hit because that they're at least 250 out, and they're mm. moving up the hill. Yeah. You just couldn't see it because they go down this little berm. You, they disappear. So all the three guys hit. Pretty good drives. They're not very good, but not bad. And some of them get on the fairway or whatever. And I step up, and I said to my friend, can I borrow your driver? Because I have this old piece of shit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, he's got his brand new, you know, the, the head's this big, or at least yeah. it looks that way, comparative to mine. And I, he said, yeah. So I hauled up. I put this tee down. I was like, all right. I even told him, say, all right, let's just see. <laughs> and I made such good contact, mm-hmm. and it felt so good. But the problem was I had no idea. I had so violently swung and kept my head down yeah. that by the time I even pulled my head up to look, I was like, is it good? It felt good. And the <laughs> dude behind me said, holy shit. <laughs> it, it carried them. The mm. guys that we, we couldn't see, yeah. I actually drove past them. Mm. 325 yards. Onto it, the next hole? No. The, okay. It was a par four. It was 340, 50 yards. I had like 30 yards out. It was just off the front edge of the green. When I got up there, I was like, oh, shit. I was like, I am so sorry, fellas. I had no idea we couldn't see y'all. And they're like, don't even worry about it. That's an am- amazing fucking drive. Where did you just hit that from? Like, from the tips. They're like, fuck. The parking lot. Yeah. They're like, okay, well, we're not mad because that's just incredible. Yeah. But that's the kind of thing, like, well, I understand your desire 100% because once you, like, get it a little bit, mm. you're like, oh, I could have fun with this. And what I was saying to you, and then I'll hand it back over, mm-hmm. you'd style and profile the fuck out of this. I'd just dress like Ben Hogan back in the this day. This is something I've always wanted to do. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I have always wanted to go out and play golf with like the, the baggy pants with and the, stuff the, the Well, knees. just with what they were wearing. Yeah. Oh, with with our mutual Scottish heritage, we could get the hat with the ball that kind of hang, you know, the, I just, the I don't even, hat. That's, not, that's all. They, they weren't wearing that. <laughs> But we would, it would be such a cool look. If, like, imagine 
We get out there at 7.30 in the morning. Shave the middle of my beard down and just have the chops. Exactly, yeah. right? So we get out there. We, we, we're, I have the long hair. Yeah, what year are these I have from? a kill. Whatever. We can yeah. do it a lot of different ways. <laughs> but we get out there, and we're playing golf, and we're having a good time. But we're not saying anything. But for the rest of the day, yeah. every other golfer is going to think they're having some kind of, like, Cosplay. outside experience yeah. of, like, did I just... They'll just look over and see a couple of dudes. One of them wearing a Burnside chop. <laughs> the other one just kind of fat and yeah. long-haired. I think they're drinking Guinness from a glass. Yeah. <laughs> where's the Where's the draft? <laughs> Is that what? I, yeah, that's a pipe. Are those clubs wooden? He's got yeah, exactly. And I want to yeah. tell. I want to go to an antique store. Find no, old believe clubs. me. I thought about it. Like there is no punk rock golfer. Like the 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 closest thing you might get to is that young guy who wears like bright orange onesie outfits. Yeah, I can't think of his name, but he wears like flat brim hats. Well, his Ricky and, Fowler. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, but he doesn't. Today I'm going to wear a teal. Yeah, you know. And I, hey, he owns his style. He's got style, but yeah. like that's the close. But you've never like the thing that comes to mind. One of my closest friends. She was our roommate for like a year. My friend Corey. She's a professional tattoo artist. And she's covered. Her entire back down to her butt cheeks is solid ink. She's sleeved. She's got her legs are mostly sleeved. But she's a sponsored and semi-pro triathlete. Mm. And so when you want, when you see these videos or photos of her competing, she's the only one that looks Fully the covered, way yeah. she looks. Yeah. Everybody else has like their birth date <clears throat> on their ankle or like their blood type in case because you know or whatever. But she's just out there like covered. You know, yeah. it's like I like. There's, she has a sense of pride in that, sure. Like that, she's unique. I'm like, I, I like the idea of like being like. Well, my idea is you're saying, yeah, and it doesn't. It, it's golf has always been the first thing I thought of. It's like I'm not trying to make some fashion statement. I just think it would be genuinely interesting mm-hmm. to go out on this course mm-hmm. with those with what they would have worn, yeah. the equipment they would have used. Mm-hmm. And see how different the game is. I've played with updated equipment. I know that I can drive the ball incredible distances and how the yeah. ball flights nuts. I want to get like some of the old equipment and go out and have a good time. And at the same time, <laughs> look like a fucking just badass. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. Everyone else would be looking at us like, what the fuck? That's kind of cool. Like, yeah. kind of weird too, right? But we'd yeah. be having a good time. But at the same time, we'd also be like, this is fucking ridiculous. This is too hot. <laughs> These goddamn shoes are giving me chafes. We'll just find Who Lennon. wears real spikes? We'll find Lennon versions. <laughs> yeah, we'll go with that like Nantucket golf look yeah. where everything's yeah. just flowy. Yeah. And... <laughs> No, like in my mind, it's like, like like LA in 1940s golf. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I can do that. Yeah, let's do that. Like rayon. Rather than like St Andrews in 1750. No, let's no. do all wool. And when it gets chilly, we'll dress like Arnold Palmer. You know, well, like a polo under a oh, sweater. Yeah. Yeah. You know, nothing, nothing super. That modern. 60s look was dope too. Though. The one you're talking about yeah. when Arnie was at his best and like yeah. he turned the nine and it would get a little balmy and he'd yeah. throw on his little cardigan, mm-hmm. which is exactly what that thing. All yeah. that thing. If you look at what they were playing, yeah, everybody else is going to be out there in stretch pants and, <laughs> and moisture wicking poly shirts. <laughs> we're in car- and woolen cardigans, cardigans <laughs> pipes with real tobacco in them. You know, Unro- unfiltered cigarettes, Clad pants. <laughs> Tab. They're high waisted. <laughs> oh, of course, tab. Hot tab yeah. from the car. Unfiltered camels. <laughs> Unfiltered. Or lucky strikes. Yeah, sure. You're more likely to find like, lucky. We don't need moisture wicking polos yeah. and stretchy pants. By the time we come in, we smell fucking 
terrible. <laughs> Just loose leaf tobacco and be, sweat. It's, it's going to have to be a cart course because we're going to need somewhere to put the Yeti cooler. Well, we're going to have to have some beers. There's no the what course is not a cart. This, this I love this oh, no. about I, exactly. I was just I love this. It shows well, some of the courses. This I level of unknown with you. walking courses. They're, they they if they're there, they're relics. No one well, no I'm, one walks. I know I know some guys who do walk it for the. For, for, the to, for the exercise, which is the right way to play golf. Mm-hmm. If I was old and retired and was playing every day, which is kind of a dream, not like the dream, but it would yeah. be nice to play five times, six, seven times a week I'll have to get like it. I did when I was a kid. Yeah. That, that that life was incredible. Have I told you about that, that no. program? When no. we were – this is what's kind of kick-started. When I would play with my dad, and I, I've told this story maybe on the pod. One of the highlights of my youth – was going with your dad and mine to play golf in Panama City Beach. You weren't quite old enough. I had reached. Yeah. It was like, I guess when he I used got to, to push for me to go, but I was, I was like, and you never wanted to, yeah, and you never wanted to go. But I, I definitely, want I was always. I remember how jealous I would be when I'd see them getting up at mm-hmm. like six a.m. Yeah. and the whole place would be quiet. And there's kids all over the floor, so they're having to tiptoe out of this damn condo. Yeah. And I remember so excited. I guess it must have been like eight. Maybe a little younger, but they took me out to play, and I was like, I'm, I was in love with it. I was in love with the dew on the grass, just mm. all of it. And but didn't really play a lot because we didn't have any money. And golf's yeah. an expensive sport. And Dad had clubs, but he didn't really play unless it was for business. We used to go out to this place. It was a literal. It, it was like playing it, it, in Australia. It was such a dirt patch. Mm. That's not a cut towards the Sorry, ter- Matt. toward Matt. Just like imagine. The Outback, right? Oh, Matt, please keep This is what I, I want to be. <laughs> I'm trying to describe this golf course because I think this is exactly what it was. Mm-hmm. It was as if you lived in the Outback and you had just enough irrigation mm-hmm. to grow like the most minuscule amount of grass. Like just enough that people would be able to tell it's grass. Right. But not enough that you would ever like say, look at all that grass. Is that a- no, I just, if, since we're, we're alone in the studio now, uh, let's let some air in here. Let's let some air in here. But. It was so bad. Rocks everywhere. You'd like break a club. That's how bad this course was. I remember asking my dad one time, I said, I remember playing that place, Clifton Springs. And he was up near my great grandfather's house. And he said, Yeah. He said, That place. I was like, How much does it cost to play there? And he was like, I think it was like $2.50 for 18 holes. Like the early 90s. Like this was just some guy's joke. I used to think that. This guy just owned this land, put. Just put some golf, just drove some golf, like, yeah. f- just the flags. Didn't make a green. Yeah. Just, here's a flag. Draw a hole there. <laughs> Get a post digger. Is this whole regulation hey, size? Hey, run down to the hardware store and give me some bags of that uh, playground sand. We're going to make a sand trap. Just spread it over there. <laughs> Even if they're out there with Tannerite, blowing up holes with shotguns just so they can fill them in with fucking play sand from Here, this kiddie pool is the water. Yeah, that's the way. <laughs> Like, <laughs> yeah, but if you clear the kiddie pool, when people, we, it's good. When we moved up to Gwinnett, there was a place called Trophy Club. It was called Champions Club, and that was Trophy Club. Now it's back to being called Champions Club. A very decent public course right near our house. Mm. And when we were 15, these geniuses at this course, and I would have loved to have been around to see that. How, anyways, they decided they were going to offer a deal $100 for all you could golf all summer. Hmm. From the end of school until the start of school, if you were under 18, it was $100 all you can golf, including a cart, all of it. You just – of course, our parents were like, absolutely. We know where you're at. Me and producer – super producer Burke yeah. and, and No Chi Sean and a lot of other people at 15, 16, 17 years old were out mm-hmm. there. We, at one point, we played like 72 holes a day. 
Wow. That's four rounds of regular golf. We were just young. We were 15. We ate hot dogs at the turn, drank Cokes all day, and just played golf until the sun went down. So that's the only reason we left. We'd get there at 8 and play until 7. <laughs> we were constantly playing golf, and our games were incredible. The next year... They say we had after all these kids had totally fucked up this course. I mean, I, I used to remember seeing the old timers, the club members, yeah. being like, Rawr! "You could see the curmudgeon like when they walk Fix out." Fix your the- divots. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Fix your goddamn divots. <laughs> Drive, stop driving on the green, which is a valid. You know, valid ask. We shouldn't be driving on the greens. We get it. But you gave a 15-year-old golf cart. I don't know what y'all expected. The next summer... Slow down! Yes. The next summer, I think they realized, while we didn't make a lot of money, we also did have a lot of problems. Mm. So what we'll do to weed out the bad ones, we'll, we'll make it $250 all you can golf all summer. Like our parents gave a shit. You yeah. could have made that number 1000 Yeah, That's what they weren't realizing. Yeah, No one was there saying, that, guys... They're dumping our kids on us. <laughs> we could charge $500 for this. Yeah. We're basically glorified babysitters giving these kids golf carts out here and making sure they don't yeah. drink beer, which we never wanted to. Yeah. Here's a here's a tiny automobile. <laughs> and, uh, it goes just fast enough to cause serious injury. And uh, something that could be used as a weapon in a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> and uh, just go that way and have yourself a good time. <laughs> Come back for hot dogs and coke. <laughs> All the candy. Oh, don't even worry about it. We'll send a girl around. She's 15, too. So she's going to sucker you into buying about $18 worth of stickers this she'll afternoon. She'll probably give one of you a blow in the <laughs> We can't say that. Everybody's under 18, right? <laughs> I'll see you in the back. I'll see you in the back. It's all right. We won't say anything. She's good. You didn't hear it from me, but so, she's good. She's <laughs> So I lived on that course, you know. I, I'd, I'd love, for, I'd, long and short, I'd love for you to come out and play. Well, I'd, it's like I said before, I'd have to Who get... Who knew a golf segment on TPTO? Maybe it'll become a regular thing. I, I'd have to get confident enough with my, as far as with consistency of a decent drive and a decent... Mm. Uh, tee to green, tee to green, yeah. tee to green. Because, like, this past Friday was the first time I made an effort to correctly drive the ball mm. in... Uh, seventeen years. Yeah. Um. So, and I probably hit, well, I have seen I probably hit three hundred balls. My dad said, and the second half was obviously better than the first because my muscle memory was starting to become a factor. I was starting to keep my foot planted and and actually raise my shoulder accurately and not jerk it up like a baseball swing. But my best drive for the whole night was one hundred and seventy five yards. Yeah. And it wasn't even straight. It was one hundred and seventy five that went straight for a while and then bent to the right. Mm. A little slice. But then I got better with the 8-iron, and I was doing those at about 130 <laughs> yards. And that's when, my dad was said, uh, 130 with an 8 is about what you want with an 8. Yeah. He said, you just got to get to where you're doing something in the twos with the big one. Yeah. But I Interesting. Just, I, I've got to practice it before I go. So you ordered some used clubs? Yeah, I found uh, some guys in Georgia on eBay that were selling used ping clubs, and mm-hmm. I... Got a ping driver for like 20 bucks. And then some guy that actually lived close to me that I was going to try to meet but didn't work out sold me a four, five, six, and eight driver for 50 bucks. That's also a ping. Four, five, six, and eight. Or oh, not driver. Fairwood? Uh, no, no, irons. Sorry, irons. Irons. Gotcha. Well, so exciting time. those coming, and I got that Deer Valley range that's like right by the house. It's like eight bucks for 100 balls. Just gonna go as far away from everybody else as possible. I stopped uh, paying for range balls. There's a hole on this golf course that Caddy corners <clears throat> their driving range. Yeah, 
there might be a thousand golf balls that have gone outside that fence that they're mm. just too lazy or inept to go retrieve. Well, so I've made a habit of just taking this little bag. Yeah. When I play a round, I'll pay them for mm. a round of golf. Yeah. Come around the ninth hole, scoop up about 40, 50 golf balls in this white <laughs> bag, tie it off, put it back in my golf bag. Yeah. And I repeat this process, and before every round, I'm hitting. I just take those bag of balls out. I go to their driving range. Yeah. About an hour before I'm about to tee time, take out that bag of balls. They don't fucking know that that's, those are their balls. In their mind, they think I'm an idiot because they're like, "This idiot's trying to save twelve dollars, but he's over here hitting fifty golf balls onto the range that are already his." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "No, idiot. No. They're your golf no. balls, and y'all see me do this every fucking yeah. time." This is a range only, so I've got to. I'm going to have to pay the eight dollars to yeah. go to go do it. But here's the thing. Here's the last golf tip I would I'm, say. Once I'm consistently good at a decent drive that's relatively straight, then I'll be ready to go try the. From a from the a the fellow golf traveler trying to make his way into the golf world, here's mm-hmm. what I, one thing I mistake I see consistently in the driving range. Mm-hmm. This is for anybody that's listening and plays golf. I don't yeah. even know. Matt, listen up. But if the the dudes that go there and they pour their bucket out right, so the balls are like you know one little clip. Yeah, clip flip away, yeah. and they just hit, hit, hit. Mm-hmm. They don't stop to look at what they're doing. They don't stop to say like, "What do I want this ball to do? What mm-hmm. am I trying to do with this shot? How am I trying to improve with this shot? If I hit that last one like shit, what do I do on this shot? Take a step back." So I, I started. I started watching this guy's videos, and sure enough, he said the same shit. He's like, mm-hmm. to, uh, "To to stop from doing that, put the bucket of balls in the back next to your bag. Yeah, grab a few." Grab one is what he does so that he's totally focused on that one ball. He's like, if you come to a driving range, spend an hour and a half. You're supposed to spend time. You're not supposed to just go there for 30 minutes and hit 80 balls and have your hands look like, you know, they've run through a fucking meat grinder and then go home. It's like that's – you're not getting any better at golf. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like the part of the appeal at the end of the night was the zen-ness of it. Mm -hmm. I wasn't thinking about work stress. Money stress. You were focused on hitting golf. I was just trying to figure. I was just trying to fucking make the ball go straight. Mm-hmm. And then every once in a while, like Banks would come up and he would say, "Like your feet, your toes are pointing out. Mm-hmm. Square them up." And then I'd hit and get a little bit better. And then he'd come up and he he literally like rotate the head of the the face of the club forward. It's like you keep hooking them to the right. Just do this and they'll go straight. And they would. And just just the exercise of trying to make it happen correctly. I have to see um, this. Show. Does Banks play a lot of golf? Banks just likes to drive. He even said that. He doesn't like hitting with the irons. I don't think he actually goes out on courses. He just likes to whack the shit out of the ball with a driver. <laughs> I can see that. It My is. biggest hurdle all night with all the clubs was hitting the ground before I hit the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, so once, I've, once I'm confident in my ability to, to at least somewhat predict what's about to happen because of I know what my muscle memory is capable of, then I'll, then I'll go to a, a, an actual range, an actual course. Can't wait, buddy. But let's. We should probably digress. Yeah, we've done forty-five minutes, and so the last twenty have been on golf. Golf. Yeah. Which no one. It's not the. I mean, it's surprising. <laughs> that's why. That's why I hung around. Yeah. I, I. I was surprised. I love the idea of being like a hand tattooed golfer, like just just to rock the boat. Because, I mean, we we do printing for some different uh, Atlanta-based country clubs that have golf ranges. These are hoity-toity, mm-hmm. deep-pocketed people. The kind of people who spend like sixty grand. Just to be the member of a club mm-hmm. per year. Yeah. It's like, what kind of fucking job do you have where you've got $60,000 of disposable income? It's not even that. You know, a lot of these places, that's like their fees. That doesn't include. Right. Like what they actually, like the, okay, you paid your $60,000 membership fee. Yeah. Now, if you want access to unlimited golf, it's 
whatever. Yeah. You know, those, 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 those clubs are absurd. That's why Chevy Chase had it right in Caddyshack when he was like, just put it on the, the so-and-so tab. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good movie. Well, I'm glad you're getting sporty. Is there? Uh, is there? Um, it's just. That's just. It's very exciting. As I'm on my own golf journey, so yeah. we don't have to go back into it. But uh, no, truthfully, it started when my uh, when Kristen's cousin saw a photo of me and compared me to Hunter S. Thompson in the picture. I was like, I like Hunter S. Thompson. I like I like Fear and Loathing. I like his books. I've read some of his books. I said, and there's a guy like he's crazy, gun toting, drug doing, 1960s uh, Gonzo writer, but he also played golf. Mm-hmm. You know, fucking Bill Murray plays golf. I was yeah. like, there's lots Loves of it. there's lots of guys that are uh, celebrities or I, icons in one way or another, and they all have that in common. And I was like, it doesn't have to be a stuffy old white man's thing. Like, it never is with us. I mean, it I, just isn't. And, and then I and then when I started thinking, I was like, I love the idea of being like as tattooed as I am, just like out there ruffling feathers, but then doing well. Don't be so vain. No one gives a shit. I've seen plenty of people out there with arm tats, neck <laughs> yeah. tats, face tats. I've seen well, it. Well, I'm thinking yeah. specifically like when it like think down the road, somebody invites me to go play at some hoity-toity place, oh, like and, I, you, and yeah. I visually rock the boat a little bit. If you came into the Cherokee Town Club dressed for golf. Mm-hmm. You might you get some looks, yeah. but I don't think you'd get the. It's the fantasy of getting the looks, but you. But I've been practicing well enough to where it's an impressive. So you're good. Yeah, and then someone goes, "Oh fuck the fucking that dude! That dude came to play. Fucking tattooed asshole came to play. Oh, damn it, he hit that drive better than I did. <laughs> I'm over here with my lawyer job, going to church every Sunday. <laughs> what, what am I doing? These low lives are doing, getting good at golf. <laughs> What's wrong with me? Printing? What do you do? <laughs> Jesus. Photography? Does that even pay? <laughs> Not really. He's like pro bono? What are these? Used clubs? <laughs> what else? <laughs> Ping Karsten? What is this? The 80s? Oh, you did buy some Karstens? Yeah. Wow, you bought retro clubs. I got a Karsten driver, one one wood, and uh, the four uh, car. It all, I only picked it because the putter that I have that I think looks cool as shit was a Ping Karsten putter. Does it make the ping? Uh, the putter? Yeah. Nah. That's where the name comes from. Their original putters, they literally made, that's how they started. They didn't, really? They didn't make big clubs. They started making putters. But they were known, that's where the, the ping name came from, the sound that it, the putter made. I don't think it makes a ping, but I've only played with it on my little It's home, harmonic. On my you little literally home putt-putt course. No, I don't think like so. It would, you could, it's like a tuning. It would bing. It's a, it's a bronze coated putter head. And it's pretty dope, man. You bought some a, retro clubs. It's a cool little putter. And so when I was like, well, I want to get other clubs to hit the long ball, I was like, well, Ping, I know Ping's good. Yeah. Uh, and this says Ping Karsten, so I'll bet there's Ping Karsten drivers and irons. Sure. And there were, and they were cheap, and they look beat to hell, but I don't care. So, uh, you know, we'll see what They're happens. They're retro. Yeah. Well, good stuff. All right, well, let's safe sex this uh, now 50-minute long segment, <laughs> and we'll do uh, a tight next two. Safe sex. All right, we're back now, uh, breaking this off into segments and uh, play the Walter Cronkite music. Here comes the news. <laughs> it was only current events. What was the news jog? Remember that from the news jog from the regular guys? Yeah. That was the good stuff. Now he's Speaking the new Neil Bortz. Jesus, he really is. I, I've given him, like, weeks of listening, and it's not really Eric Von Hessler I have a problem with. It's that it's the woman that thinks she's funny and, and takes away time from... Yeah. from 
Tim Andrews, which is like Bottom is fine. My biggest problem is Jared, the producer, uh, yeah. the millennial twenty-eight-year-old who is just a fucking walking, breathing doofus. Yeah. If it was just Eric, Autumn, and Tim, I'd be much happier. Well, I, I want, I when I listened to the regular guys on the regular, no pun intended, back in the day, Eric was my favorite, and close second was Tim Andrews. But Tim wasn't really. Uh, on the mic, mm-hmm. nearly as frequent as Larry, Steve, and Eric. When was. they used to, when they used to have to guess, when Steve used to have to guess what he had eaten that morning, Tim mm-hmm. Andrews only <laughs> from a belch. Literally, like chain smoke beforehand. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. they were is Tim here? Like, no, he's outside, and, and fucking South Side would be like, because <laughs> he just knows. And it was like it's you knew like dead you knew it was a radio bit, right? And so right. you can't see it. You're in your car, and for those who don't know this show, it was a wild show, shock jockish, I guess you'd say. Shut up! Shut They had a segment <laughs> where Tim Andrews, who's really great at voices, that's really his strength and impersonations. But this was not that. This was mm. just whatever he had eaten that morning. Right. He would. He would produce a belch into Southside Steve's face, yeah. and then Southside Steve would have to deduce what he had had for breakfast. Right. And, of course, on the days of this segment, to Brent's point, he would – he was already a smoker, but he would chain smoke that morning. He would purposely he would drink, not brush his teeth. Purposely not brush his, brush his teeth, have black coffee, yeah. you know, chain smoke all on the way in, and then once he was yeah. at work, and, yeah. then, and then he would eat vile shit. Like, was, <laughs> he'd stop at, like, a bagel shop and get locks with red onion. Yeah. Like, whoo! To add to that cocktail of misery, then yeah. belch, which is already bringing up other last night shit, and it, and the one time that Steve almost he did vomit yeah. on live on live radio was Tim Andrews was hungover, yeah, and he had eaten like McDonald's breakfast and chain smoked and had like a red wine hangover and belched and Steve vomited. On well, it used to make Steve smell. All a lot kinds of things. Of things. Like I remember true. that one somebody brought in like dirty kid underwear. Like he had to smell underwear. Oh, why does it make? No, that can't be right. They didn't no. bring in dirty kid underwear. Yeah, yeah. They could. And it was in a Ziploc bag. And Steve was like, "I'm not smelling the underoos." Oh, it must have been like Get the fuck a shit step. A shit <laughs> probably underoos. Yeah. But in the original iteration of the show, it was just Larry and Eric, and then and Steve, and then Steve went away, and then when Steve came back, they made Tim Andrews the the official fourth regular yeah. guy, and he had more mic time, but. When I listened back in the HVAC days, it was primarily just Larry and Eric, and mm-hmm. Eric was always my preferred of the two. Yeah, and I all like I loved how sort of outspokenly, defiantly atheist Eric could get sometimes in, in some of his rants, some of his like libertarian, be practical rants. And I've noticed ever since he started at WSB. He still he still argues from that libertarian viewpoint, but he's not nearly as hardlined as he used to be. And I've never once heard the subject of religion come up, you oh, know, never because he famously would would make fun of people for their bearded uh, wizards in the sky. And I'm like, you're not doing that on WSB. Like, I, I wonder if when they hired you, like, you can't make fun of fun of the Lord on this particular no. podcast. No. Well, he just <laughs> or, knows his audience. He's know, smart. But I so often I'm like, I want to call him, be like, Eric, come on, man, like. You serious right now? Like, <laughs> what, what happened to the bearded wizard jokes? You know, I'd probably get hung up on, but... They like, wouldn't even make it the cut. But, yeah. like, even Neil Bortz famously ruffled his audience's feathers from time to time. Every once in a while, I just wish Eric would, would piss some people off. I mean, you gotta think, Neil Bortz said on WSB multiple occasions that if a hunter is walking out in the woods and trips over a stump and his 
automatic rifle blows the back of his head off that that was proof of the existence of God. And he said this <laughs> in Atlanta, Georgia. WSB is broadcast how far? I mean, probably yeah. the whole state, right? So, like, some redneck in a tree blind heard that. <laughs> You know, on yeah. his radio station, on mm-hmm. multiple occasions over the years. I mean, Neil Bortz was so rabid anti-hunter that right. that he didn't just say, you know, you shouldn't hunt. He said, oh, like he would actively find news stories about right. hunters right. who had blown their heads off or died because a deer attacked right. or a hog gored them to death. Right. So that's, that's what I'm saying. Like Eric Von Hessler is in the Bortz time slot. He's a fellow libertarian. He's a former. Neither um, of those guys are libertarians now. Well, but he's a former. He's a former uh, radio shock jock. It's like you have an opportunity to occasionally piss off your. It's yeah. a fucking famous Howard Stern thing. Like the people who hated him listened more than the people who liked him. Mm, Howard's in some hot spots right now for some oh, really? old, some old blackface they found, mm. which actually ties into something I did want to talk about because this. I'm not sure this episode has been very good Is it, with the golf. But there's elements we had I'm starting. At the beginning. We did have Neville. And, and not in blackface. And, we'll bring, and not in blackface. <laughs> not in blackface. All on the radio. Not yeah, only. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which I guess we kind of did. Yeah. We kind of did blackface on the radio. <laughs> Anyways. He kind of sounds like With Cleveland all the news, guy. the recent stuff going on, I've been making a conscious effort to not live in the quote echo chambers mm-hmm. of social media. Mm-hmm. And to make concerted efforts to listen to people who normally grind my gears. The Ben Shapiro's, the Mark Levin's, I listen to the ben Rush Shapiro. Limbaugh's. I listen to Ben Shapiro about once or twice a week just to just to stay current on what he's mad about. Those shitheads listen right. to and think. And, and, and well, what I'm finding. Every once in a while he surprises me, like when he praised the Atlanta mayor at the beginning of the riots when he was like, you know, outstanding. I was like, what? She was. Right. But anyways, uh, I don't mind Shapiro so much. Some of the other ones are pretty bad. I just wish he'd be an adult and say bullshit. Yeah. It's bullcrap. Well. It's total bullcrap. Yeah, it's pretty funny to hear that bullcrap. What the frick? But I've been paying attention a little bit. Uh, Eric Erickson I was listening to a few days. Eric and I read uh, uh, someone I respect posted an article that I read about uh, someone published a Anonymous, uh, right into the University of Cal- California at Berkeley, famous institution. And Matt, just so you know, these are like right winger Americans. You may yeah. not, you may not be familiar. Sorry, yeah. Eric Erickson's been on Bill Maher. He's a frequent Bill Maher. Australia guy. has their fair share of right wing. There's one guy that got egged a few years ago. Right. I I'm just saying, Matt may not be familiar. That's with a good find, Eric by the Erickson. way. We should find that if you haven't seen that. The guy, the Australian right winger. About two years ago, they just got egged on national television. Yeah, like, and it was a good egg. It was a good egging, and Is he it? actually the guy punched the fellow. Right. And he got a good he got a good blow in. I will say this, right wing or left wing, if you mm. come at me with an egg or a milkshake, and, and you get a or milkshake, yeah. you, you get a successful shot in. Good on you. Mm-hmm. But if I get mine in kind, yeah. you know, it's tit for tat. Tit for tat. But I've been listening to this shit, and is, I just realized isn't Eric Erickson a never Trumper or a, he's he's he, not a Trump fan. He's not a fan because Eric Erickson's a legitimate conservative. Yes, he is what they call him now, like dollars and cents conservatives, mm-hmm. or, or I've seen a Republicans for the rule of law. Republican. Mm-hmm. Uh, he goes on Bill Maher show quite often. Not right. that that says that he's, but he's but more he, likely to have a conversation. But, but he's him. not Ann Coulter going on Bill Maher. You know, like even he, Ann Coulter's making some sense these days, but, but we don't have to do that. My point him. is, he's not polarizing the way she is. 
No. He's he's one of those like I wish my president was also, conservative he's a, he has like a, me. He, it's one of those weird voices. It's Eric, so Erickson. It's so unique though yeah. that it's so listenable. Yeah. I don't know, anyways. I like him in the afternoon. I do. I I listened to him on the way over here and he was making some valid points. When he gets I, real I, Christy, I tune out. The reason I that. wanted to pod tonight was that I don't golf. I don't want to say anything uh controversial just to be controversial. It's just not my style. Like, just to say something because I know I'm going to get a reaction. Mm. People think I do that on Facebook, and I don't. It's like, if I post it, I'd probably genuinely believe it, or I'm trying to show you some bullshit. So you hugged the flag legitimately? No, that was, it was sincere, sat, satirical hug. That's what I explained it to my, did you I, see the pushback I, was I got on? specifically making this, fun the, of the, the press. This, this old man yeah. that I know, I, I, I like him. I don't, have, I don't think I respect him, but I like him. Mm. It was like, you're not very sincere, and I don't think this is a good thing. And I was like, one, this is a photo is a year old. I just needed to replace. You, you didn't mind yeah. Sherman with yeah. my backdrop of Atlanta that I had up for two days, basically saying, let the whole fucking thing burn. <laughs> Should have burned more. Should have burned more. I saw a great Sherman meme said, your granny's, te- what did it say? Your granny's sweet taters were yummy. <laughs> That's all it said. Just a picture of Sherman says, your granny's sweet taters were yummy. You know, you'd probably like, I remember, it used, it used to hang in my house. You've probably seen it. I have a picture. It's a Civil War photo of Union soldiers standing around a cannon. Mm-hmm. And uh, my dad commented once. He said, "They're they're uh, they're wearing blue." And I said, "Yeah, it's it's Sherman's army on the march to Atlanta and set it on fire." And uh, the general was like, "Why do you have that one?" Like, and it's like, "Well, because you know, because they won. Because we suck. Yeah, and they <laughs> they were here to do a very yeah. specific job. We, you know, the, we should have burned more of this place. They, and they didn't burn the way that you've t- taught it. Yeah. There was burning, yeah. but that's not logical. You're trying to feed a quarter of a million people. You don't mm. burn everything in sight when you have a, a quarter of a million men to feed. But anyhow, that's a different talk. Yeah. But I've been listening because I had made I had, so I, it's important that I I say I predate. I've been trying for at least more than a, a week or two going back to this kind of the start of this the the George Floyd case at least to listen to more opinions so I don't get trapped. And into just hearing one voice, yeah, right. Because I do value myself as a historian and trying to see multiple sides and understanding that you can't sometimes have the best prism to look through a thing when you're in it. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, as I've said on here, I don't value. I should not say it that way. I assign a slightly less value to a soldier's primary report on his battle action. That is, his what he went through in a firefight mm-hmm. than I do by looking at it objectively outside of it mm-hmm. and saying what factors led into the firefight. He can give you, that soldier can tell you emotionally raw, incredibly visceral experiences of that firefight. Mm-hmm. But does it give you the information to make it understandable within a larger context? Probably not. That's where you have to depend on multiple viewpoints, right? You have to you have to understand, okay, that's what's his viewpoint. Now I need to understand, if I'm a historian, and this is after the fact, of course, mm-hmm. I need to understand... What the assailant, what the what the other side was doing, and I need to understand what the command structure was thinking when they put these people on the ground. You see what I'm saying? All these things add up to understanding it. It becomes reading in multiple viewpoints. All that being said, I've hey, been, I just like America, man. I've been listening to more. <laughs> I have been listening to more of what I would not ordinarily listen to. Yeah, and it all kind of came to a head because I have seen it on my on my own personal social media, and I hear it. When I was at my previous job, and and when I'm in certain places, that there's there is this like only one narrative is right here, mm. and if you don't support 
this movement. Yeah. And you don't if you ask any questions of this movement, like if you there what happened you lose your job. Yeah. You potentially lose any future jobs. Well, yeah, there's, there's like and uh, I'm not saying listen, and there's articles that are saying the same thing, like the one I read today. Mm-hmm. And you follow that as a per, as a person who understands historiography and you say, that makes some sense. You gotta be able to listen to other viewpoints. There's other people that certainly don't feel this no, way. No, right? no, no. You don't wanna you're making people kneel. Yeah. Right? And, and there's people kneeling, and then maybe they don't want to kneel. Maybe they feel incredible pressure to kneel mm-hmm. within academia in particular. Where yeah. you're, they're, they're saying this is the only way, right? And there's arguments that can be made about, or at least maybe not arguments against, because that's where I often lose the argument about white supremacy. There's that, or at least the way this country has been run up till now is so not devoid of racism. So you think that there's some okay white supremacists? No, I'm <laughs> not, I am not the president. And not, there are not good there people from both sides. I like the Confederate flag a little. Right. I'm, just, I, I'm, waiting on, I'm waiting on Donald Trump to say, I think that maybe we should just change our flag to that one. <laughs> Dude. Oh, man. I, but you know, here, I've never here, been here, to a race, here's but I love something. Here, here's, And I, I know this is serious, and I do want you, you can cut me off whenever. But I just started noticing little absurdities that everyone agreed mm-hmm. that this man, George Floyd, regardless of his criminal history, mm-hmm. was murdered in eight minutes and 46 seconds mm-hmm. on that tape. Murdered. Yeah. You heard Rush Limbaugh go on the morning show, which is the largest, like, hip-hop station in mm-hmm. New York City. This man went... To, I got to give Rush Limbaugh some credit. I'll give credit wherever credit's well, due. he's dying soon. So it, exactly. Like, so he like, doesn't care. But so that's the point. You know, but he didn't have to do that. Yeah. He left his comfort zone of that studio. You've seen that place. It's like... A, it's outside of Alex Jones. I'm going to take some extra pills and go on the black the show. The morning, the black show. <laughs> Hi, guys. <laughs> and he went on there. Yeah. And he called it what it is. It was murder. Yeah. But what we saw there was irreprehensible. He said a whole bunch of other bullshit. And he pushed his agenda. And he put himself in front of new people. Mm-hmm. Hey, remember? Yeah. And this is what cons- this is what liberals do not do. This is why they consistently lose elections. Yeah. I-, I felt after watching more of this of the, of the other what could be called the other side, mm-hmm. I started to feel not, not. I've already known why they win, but mm. I've started to see and feel more of what Bill Maher has been saying for twenty years. Yeah, you're never going to win elections yeah, against these you're guys. Fucking up every and time. Here, and it, and he's right, and he's saying this is why you lose, and he's wrong to say you need to just adopt their playbook. Yeah. Because I don't think that's true. But I do think they they, they are killing themselves. They Incredible – Let me think objectively. Incredible momentum heading into this election. Mm-hmm. We have – well, let's go back. In January, incredible momentum going into the election for who? <laughs> yeah. The other side. Yeah. The, the conservative party in this country, Donald Trump's America. Yeah. It looks great. Four months later, I mean, it's a toilet. It, we went. You and I could have easily said we've said for four months or yeah. four years. We don't. This guy's not losing. You said on this podcast, if there's ever a fill in the blank, my job's the first to go. I'm unemployed. You're unemployed. Now, I did do that to myself. They did offer me a job, my, but still, you made I just the had point. To myself. You yeah. made the point early on in the history of this podcast. If there's ever uh, an economic collapse. I, I'm, I'm glorified ice cream man. I sell I sell mm-hmm. artisan popsicles mm-hmm. that are $4 a piece or whatever they are. Like, mm-hmm. My job's the first to go. Mm-hmm. And you hung on for a while, but your company furloughed and let go hundreds of people mm-hmm. as soon as shit got tough. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a toilet country now. It, well, and all that being said, so now, <laughs> like I said, start of the year, mm-hmm. zero. I, I would have said 1% chance that yeah. this man 
is is out of office. And that November. was back when I was thinking that maybe we'll get, you know, little 35-year-old gay Pete Buttigieg for our, our candidate. <laughs> June 1st, yeah. if you had asked me the question, no, we'll say May, mm-hmm. some, mid-May if you asked me the question, I would have said, I don't know, uh, 50-50. That is fucking incredible. Yeah. Okay, so you have this coronavirus thing. That's what I was, now you start involving these this rush of incidents that are not old they're 400 years old we don't need to get into all that but this new patch of incredible movement and you see different types of protests and all the stuff that you've mm. seen again we're not here to break all that down yeah but you would have easily said oh, there's a lot of momentum here mm-hmm. and then defund the police listen yeah. I agree with that movement yeah but why the fuck would you try to market and sell an idea that's called defund the yeah. police? Yeah. That's the dumbest thing. That's you, I said to my friend, I was like, would the Republican Party have called it defund the police? Let's assume that the roles were switched. We're not yeah. saying it ideology-wise. Let's just assume that their craft, what the Republican Party does so well, mm-hmm. if they were dropped with this idea that they wanted to push, yeah. which the general idea of it is not to take – all the money from the police just to, to extract money away. To take their tank money away. To <laughs> like, take you their, don't need green uniforms. You don't. You, you don't, don't need, need well, armored cars. You don't. You <laughs> might need a SWAT team, but you don't need a SWAT vehicle yeah. service. Like you a don't whole need rotation. To look like a paramilitary group in your city. Long story short, we're not taking all the money. We're just simply saying we're going to take some of it right. that we've been giving you for twenty years. Right. And but when we take this from you, and this mm-hmm. is the important point, mm-hmm. we're going to help you. Because you're not going to get called to mental mental or uh, health health yeah. calls. Yeah. You're not going to get called to cats and trees. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get called to stray dogs like they are in Los Angeles right now. They're yeah. asking the police out or Dallas to do, to handle their stray dog problem. Yeah. You're not going to myriad of other things will disappear from your job. Mm-hmm. But like I said, you just have to give us that tank. Yeah. So give us that tank. <laughs> that we'll you pay, don't need. We'll probably pay you more because your yeah. job's going to get better. Yeah. You'll deal with less. Your job's easier. In the meantime, we'll kind of recruit a different force. We'll get you cut in uniforms. So, well, I saw it, and I've seen it. It's it's brilliant. Okay. Uh, it's not an officer that pulls you over for a broken taillight anymore. Mm-hmm. It's a public safety official. Yeah. That might even come armed with taillights mm-hmm. and can say, hey, your taillight's out. Uh, either get it fixed. Here's a written warning. Yeah. I don't know how you give that person any power, but here's a written warning. Or I can fix it right now. Yada, yada, yada. But the cop Fuck not, you, dude. Meanwhile, the dude's got a doobie on him, but he's not freaking out because there are yellow taillights behind him. Yeah. So he's not going to fucking pull out his 38 just in case. Yeah. I'm not saying that, that makes him a good human. I'm just saying. So just so that's the idea, right? Now, right. would Republicans have called that good idea mm-hmm. defund the police? No. no. Here, they would have called it the loving help package for yeah. America's police departments. Well, you've, you've already pointed it out, and I'll, I'll extrapolate a little bit from here. In both parties, you have the the fanatics, the 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 radicals, and you have the common sense thinkers in the middle. The difference between the two parties, you have your far left progressives and your moderate. They're liberals. not progressive. I want to stop you there, just for a real quick. They're not progressive. The, I know you're not on Facebook. These these people are, are approaching out and out communism of their own form. Right. This is not. It's, Maoism. Let me let me play the role of devil's advocate here, and you mm-hmm. know that I'm not Middle America, and that mm-hmm. I'm not a Fox News watcher. Mm-hmm. Even I'm seeing it and saying, "Guys, right." Well, that's what I'm. That's what I'm getting to. You have both parties with your fringe element and your your close to the middle. You know, you've got your you've got your far right 
you know, nutbag, and then you've got your Eric Erickson Republican. And then on the other side, you've got your uh, fucking Tim Kaine Democrat. <laughs> I was really hoping you were going to say Howard Dean. Well, sure. Know, and, but then you've got your fucking, uh, you know, pit hair, pit bull adopting lesbian that wants, you know, that wants everybody to only be vegan. Mm-hmm. The difference between the two parties, the re- within the Republican Party, the Eric Erickson types tell the other ones to chill the fuck out and we're running the show. Like, yeah, we're out there. We know you're out there, but we're, we're going to run shit. And within the Democrat Party, they let the progressive wing, the, the fringe Crazy. wing, they let them lead the way. Yeah. You don't have people who, and, and you're not allowed, if you are a, a, a dean or whoever, and you go, guys, we're all on the same page with defund the police, but we need to call it something else. Whatever! Like, you, you just get shouted down. It's a purist thing. And that's you're not allowed problem. to have a different opinion. You're not. Banks is coming in his pants right now. Because <laughs> within, what he sees yeah. is us becoming unwoke right in front of, right here. Well, within, right within that part, within that fringe, you're not allowed to disagree. If you don't agree, then you are the. That group has, has adopted this, this almost biblical thing of if you're neither hot nor cold, I'll spit you out. Like, you're either with us or you're against us. I remember when I was a there's, kid. They're Sith Lords now. When I was a kid and, and active in the church, I remember a, a, a pastor once saying, if you're not actively pursuing a Christ-like lifestyle, then you are actively pursuing an evil lifestyle. Mm. It basically, the, it was a radical church, but that viewpoint was, if you're not trying to be godly, then you may as well be worshiping the devil. Mm-hmm. There is no gray area where maybe you're just not interested in any of it. Sure. As far as this guy and his interpretation of the Bible was concerned, you're with me or against me, there's right. no in-between. Right. And your fringe liberals have adopted that viewpoint. You're either ready to paint Black Lives Matter in the middle of the street and set shit on fire, or you're against us. Right. You can't there. You, you can't come to me with a little bit of common sense thinking and suggest that maybe we name defund the police something that might swing some voters in November. Again, America's loving help package for the police departments. That's what that's what the Republicans yeah. would have called this package. They would have made it. They would have used euphemistic language as they are so wantonly good at. Yeah. To package that deal and push it right through. But, but to Bill Maher's point, this is why Democrats continue to but lose. But it, it doesn't end there. And this is old. And it's, this al- is, this it's also is, because the ones, the moderate ones in the middle, the quiet voices, th- they do a shit job in general. Here's and the they're thing. getting fucking, like, our, our national leader is Nancy Pelosi. He's like, what are you, 90? Like, fucking, let's get some new blood in here. <laughs> I can't, we can't worry about that now. We gotta, we, I, I, let's change some shit up. Either way, we have, like, a 77-year-old president, no matter I know, how this shit like We've been talking about fucking Chuck Schumer and but Nancy here, Pelosi for it, how long now? Let, let me, it, it, there's more to it. And I know this has become the serious hour at TPTO, but it is serious times. It's we all right. Live. We're going to review zebra cakes and talk about pussy in about yeah, 20 about minutes. T- well, 15. <laughs> Maybe 10. <laughs> So, you've already hit it. It's this problem of being torn two ways of supporting and under. So it comes back to two things for me. Mm-hmm. Either you believe that this system that we live in, the, the the history of the United States is tainted with the stain of abject racism, yeah. and it was, and you you have chosen to not look at the examples of that willfully. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, you believe, or excuse me, you've chosen to look at these things and understand that they are just as relevant now as they were then. Mm-hmm. And not that you, should, like in my, it's not really, it's been labeled a lot of things. I don't really have white guilt so much as I have a deep understanding that the America that I was raised in and believed and taught 
is garbage. That's just right. a different realization. Mm-hmm. I don't have white guilt in the sense that white people did this. It's just that guilt and that fucking humans did this to other humans yeah. and sold me a package of fucking goods. They well, sold me on this America, this yeah. Norman Rockwell America. You're like the guy who read the Howard's End History of America and went, what the fuck? You know, having a conversation with someone who thinks he's a crazy, you know, liberal. I just did this last night. I read an article, some, the old, the old, same old guy posted and in the article, which was name? part of Howard's, Howard's End, End yeah. which was some of it was good because it was talking about this language, this push now that we're seeing that you can't say that, like this policing of language. That part mm-hmm. I got. That part was like, yeah, the left's really losing their fucking minds on that. And then he says, pseudo historian Howard Zinn pushed this narrative into our school children. I was like, ho, ho, <laughs> you might not like Howard Zinn. Mm-hmm. And you might not like that he taught the bottom up history that told you about the people. Mm-hmm. You might not like the socialist Net, like, aspect of his teaching in the sense that he didn't glorify the great white male and told right. you about how this country actually was born. You might not like that. Right. But calling that man a pseudo-historian with a master's and a doctorate for Columbia and a postdoctoral fellowship at Harvard is a little bit disingenuous at best. So I said I had to stop reading after that. But he's not the kind of historian I like. Right. He's not the kind of historian you like. <laughs> yeah. But the problem now, though, is that I want my historians beyond, to me with facts beyond like. just ex, beyond just okay being that person that understands sees the past is trying to live a life that makes not that go away but certainly kills it in a way j- mm-hmm. mitigates it you're yeah. going to have your fringe right you're always going to have your fringes both sides yeah. but if everyone just lived and laughed at those people and lived in a, like just lived individually their best little lives and focused on what was actually important they become even more fringe just right. laughable on the edges right and they can live out there because mm-hmm. they're never going to go away but like these conscious decision and, they, and so it's either you do or you don't you either believe we have a racial systemic problem or you don't and the reasons for don't get weird yeah either outright hatred or you just heritage which is just ignorance Right, a lot of reasons. Well, yeah, because there, it's going around now. There's that Facebook video that's circulating that explains. So did you see? Explains uh, the civil the the daughter. Uh, yeah, the daughters of Confederacy. There's a. It was they used a, actually a history book from the state of I, Georgia. I liked it. I loved that post because um, I I was the United Daughters of the Confederacy completely ravaged Southern well, history. And when you, it's a seven minute video. When you watch it, immediately when I was done watching that, I go, I now understand why a certain generation of just Georgians mm-hmm. think oh, the way no, they no, do. It wasn't Georgians. It's well, the entire this, southeast. Right, but this particular book that that video focused on yeah, was, was, a, was yeah, a state of state Georgia, of Georgia. Yeah. public school history book that framed slavery as a happy time. They all sang together. That the end they of the sang day. and they yeah. enjoyed being they enjoyed slaves. slaves yeah. uh, and that the, the the it was a war of northern there, aggression. There's like, a, there's when a, when you realize that like your grandparent or your great grandparent, that's what they learned because that's what the state taught them. And you, did you ever question a teacher at fourteen? Like this is the adult that's in charge of you during the day, and this no, is what didn't. they're teaching you. That's not the. I I, I agree. Now you, it, but that's it, not it, really where I'm going. Right, I'm, saying, I'm just saying watching that video helped me realize, like, oh, that's why, that's why people in their seventies think the way they do because they fucking were told the wrong shit when they were the most malleable. Right, and now it's their heritage because it is. Yeah, that's the that's and the now other. They're mad about NASCAR taking away the flag, and they don't know what to do with themselves. Which I loved, just because I think that's fucking funny. <laughs> I, I, because once I had I'm my, going out and getting a I, I don't, flag I don't, tattoo I don't, tomorrow, man. I don't want to lose what I was saying. But once I had my awakening, and it was a pretty wide open experience to being like, oh, wow, everything I've been taught 
told about this, mm-hmm. taught about this. I was I turned told and taught and it's tall. Fine. It's fine. Everything I've been told about it was just horse shit. And, and and you start doing your own research and you're like, it, it that kills it for you. Mm-hmm. Anytime a conscious person says, oh, wait, when I was a kid, the rebel flag was cool because it was like rebel. Yeah. And it's actually aesthetically pleasing to look at. Yeah. And, you know, you were badass if you got the, the fake rebel tag. Tattoo in Panama City. I'm glad I never did that. I didn't do that either. My parents wouldn't let me. Think about that. Yeah. Even at that, my parents saw through that the United Daughter of Confederacy shit, and they didn't know it yet. Yeah. But they saw through it. Anyways, once you've seen that, you can't unsee it, and you're like, oh, come on, man. That's. It's, I'm not saying it's a swastika, but that's not even the real rebel flag. So whatever you're flying there, that no rebel soldier ever saw that. The real rebel flag's a white one. <laughs> Because they gave up. Yeah. Yeah, that was the only one that mattered. But here's the, here's the problem, and this is the only place I could say it, which is weird because it's also going to go out on the internet. Mm-hmm. But I just don't believe it's going to go to enough people to cause me a problem. You never know. This could be the one to go viral. If it is, I will stand by what I'm about to say. Hashtag fuck the Because I cannot voice this. Like, I could talk about it with Leah. I don't. We talk about serious stuff. But news and her don't mix a lot. And mm-hmm. I can't blame her. It's just butt play. Lately. <laughs> Lately, it's the next segment. Uh, and I, uh, Leah, I want to show you a porn star. <laughs> Don't get mad. Already did that. She was. I think I, I pulled a little ploy. We can wait. Did you tell her what I, I did? Said? I did. Okay, well, I did. That we'll next that. I was going to wait for that. Okay. Um. Yeah. So here's the thing. The l- most recent shooting. For those who are Richard. R- Richard uh, Hammonds. I just know it's Ray Shard. Yeah, I know, I know that. I, I, forgive me. It's so sad. There's so many. And that's not even a joke. I, yeah. I, the other day, I forgot the kid's name, Ahmaud Arbery. Um, when, right in the middle of the George Floyd thing, I was like, "Who's? wait a minute. This just happened like six days ago in Brunswick? Or it happened two months ago, but it's just it, because we all saw right. it. And they were like, oh, shit. And other people couldn't remember. And I said, damn. Well, the, the Wendy's one, I just, when I saw that news title, I was like, what? if you're a cop in Atlanta... What are you? What are you thinking? Okay, but here's <laughs> like even if you feel like your life's in danger, here's the thing. What are you gonna be in the fucking news? I'm just I'm just about to say this. <laughs> I'm just gonna say some hard things. Okay, here. because again, I've done my best predating this to have my mind as open as I possibly can, because I just don't want to live in an echo chamber anymore. I don't. I don't. I'm seeing this this new rabidity amongst my hardcore leftist friends, where it became. Not too long after the George Floyd initial burst, and not too, too much longer after we saw that initial really rabid police response to some mm. of the peaceful protests yeah. that, then, that then, of course, gets reported in a myriad of different right. ways. Well, it's like what Dave Chappelle said in that stand-up. He said, I don't understand why y'all don't understand, you know, if if somebody kills a cop, y'all all show up. Right. When one of you kills one of us, we all show up. Yeah. No, and after all that, though— that was where I felt like everyone agreed. It was like I even saw people, like I said, that were like, oh, they don't agree with the looting, but that man was just murdered, right? There was some yeah. solidarity and, and thought there. And then it transforms into let's deface Stone Mountain again. It's like this is not the time to yeah. start tearing down. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't care that you defaced Robert yeah. Lee's monument. I don't care that... At 3 o'clock in the morning, you tore down a, a statue of Thomas Jefferson. I don't care. Yeah. I'm not mad. 
But like, why use this momentum that you're building towards something that means a whole lot more as far as police reform or just understanding that, hey, black people really don't, we don't have to continue this racism. Mm-hmm. We don't have, we can't just pretend it doesn't exist like some of you are. We have to address this. This is big stuff. Mm-hmm. Monuments. Yeah. They actually work better to tell a story. We can tell a much more nuanced, deep Southern history with those monuments in place. Mm-hmm. That's always been my counter. I'm saying if you want to take them down and put them in a museum, I don't care either. If you want to rip them down, you know, melt, smelt them down, I don't yeah. give a fuck about that either. It's just my two cents is leave, leave them up. Let them tell that story and say, this is how fucked up this, is how fucked up this was. That they, mm-hmm. We beat these guys. They subjugated us all over again with the prison system and Jim Crow, and yeah. they still got a statue up here in the 1950s. This yeah. wasn't like in the 1860s. If you're going to leave them all up, though, they need to all look like the Nathan Bedford Forest one where yeah. he looks particularly stupid. So, the Wendy shooting. Yeah. Then this happens. And I knew there was going to be... Uh, then the video came out the next day, and I watched the video, and you're like, fuck, same reaction you had, right? Like, dude, we even talked to anything. I was like, uh, how many... How many when they report to roll call, right, mm-hmm. 40, 80, 100 officers, whatever it may be, surely over the last week there's been daily briefings saying, hey, try not, you know? Do try- your best. <laughs> Guys, all I'm saying, I know we're in Atlanta and there's a lot of, I'm not going to say it, but you know what I'm, there's a lot of. Protesters. Uh, pro, yeah. And sure. we have to be about. Law and order. And so let's just try not Every to... Every euphemistic language, he shoots yeah. eyes. You know. yeah. Let's just try our best not to shoot, particularly in the back, any... <laughs> we'll call them protesters. <laughs> All right? And don't forget, nobody cares about marijuana anymore. Break. All right. right. And... And then you got this one shaved head dude who's like, no, fuck that. You know... <laughs> and, and, okay, and so in the... And you know... Because we've all seen the playbook now. Yeah. Sad as this is, that we have to have this and call it a playbook. The video comes out and boom, like wildfire. This man, it's say his name. The it's it's George Floyd all over again. Yeah. It's disband. It's fire those officers. The 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 chief of Atlanta police, who I actually thought was seemed at least to be a, a, a good woman, resigns. They fire more officers. More officers are resigning. And then you start to hear more about the actual what happened here. Mm-hmm. Hmm? So this is where it gets really. This is where I, I think that I would get in trouble if I had a job, or any future job. Are you, are you okay over there? Yeah, I'm just messaging Kristen. Oh no worries. The man passes out, falls asleep. Let's just call it falls asleep mm-hmm. in a Wendy's drive-through. Okay. The Wendy's not, will do that to you. The nine one one caller, the, the I assume a manager with inside that Wendy's. I've heard that call now, mm-hmm. and she says the man's asleep, and the people are having to drive around him. He's in the drive-through now. The day after, when they originally were doing the interview with the, with his the family attorney, they said there was no sobriety test, and that he wasn't parked in the drive-through. He was just parked in his car sleeping. But that's not true. If that if this woman says he's parked in the drive-through asleep, and people are having to go around him. Mm-hmm. I know the times are weird, but this is also a woman that's a manager to Wendy's, and she doesn't know what's going on inside that dude's car. Yeah. So she calls the police for help, mm-hmm. right? And you watch that video, it seems to be a very calm conversation. And he sounds like he's had a few, maybe. I mean, again, that's not my role to play. The mm-hmm. officer's there. 
The man says, I can just walk home. Can you do what he sounded like for us? No. The man says, I can walk home. My daughter's birthday was yesterday. Yeah. They have a decent conversation with the man. Now, I've heard people say it was fairly decent and cordial, if you're listening to the right the right wing side of commentary. Mm-hmm. And I've heard people say that he bullied the guy and pestered him and, and could have just let him walk home. Yeah. But this was my problem with this, right? We all know that cop talk. Yeah, sure, even sure, sure. My, even my friend who's a cop is like, I know how to turn on the asshole cop talk. It's, it's, it's easy to do. It's asshole cop talk, but it's part of the job. They're trying to get you to talk. Yeah. The man doesn't have to talk. The officer's job is to get this man to say anything he can do to incriminate him. Mm-hmm. And he tried his best. With the, are you drinking, 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 drinking? Yada, yada, yada. And then when he tried to put him in handcuffs, it all within a minute, the dude, yeah. the dude is shot on the ground and dead within two hours. Mm-hmm. And when you watch that video, it's a all-out scuffle. You don't hear the officer say he he grabbed my gun. You don't hear. I don't think I hear him say he has my taser. Again, I haven't seen every angle. I guess, but all you know is like the dude's running away from you. Like mm-hmm. in our minds, we immediately think like, "Hey, the dude's running away. I'm not. I don't need to shoot." It'd be easy decision for us non police officers to say, "Don't shoot this man in the back." Yeah. After you've just had a fight, right, and basically got scruffed up and pushed down. Mm-hmm. Now you stand up and you see. Just playing devil's advocate here, mm. you don't know that you're either your taser has been taken from you or you don't know that your partner's ta- taser has been taken from you in that wildness. Mm-hmm. And you see this man turn, and he does turn. It, it's while he's running, but he does turn. Mm-hmm. And he points something, and in, in the video, it's pretty clear it's a taser, but again, that's a video when you're not dealing with that adrenaline. And he shoots the guy in the back. Yeah. You know, I don't know about this one. Mm-hmm. I don't know that that officer should have been fired right away. I don't know that it should have meant the res- resignation. No, no, fascist, fascist. That's my point. Bootlicker. They they have this new thing now. This is again. This is just this is just my thing about why I'm I'm concerned that they're losing the plot because they had this momentum. We had an opportunity to yeah. legitimately remove a very dangerous president. But that's what the and left now, is really good at. They're and good now at getting in their own they are getting way. in their own way. They have this new ha- a cab. All cops are bastards. That's been a thing for for got, a long time. I've got tattooer friends who are in their fifties who've had that tattooed on their hands. hundred percent. hundred percent. But if you tag that, if you take that tag. Yeah, and and run it through the gauntlet of just generally Black Lives Matter yeah. as it pertains to most white Americans. Yeah, all cops are bastards. Fuck twelve, all that shit. Fuck twelve, and then you roll in defund the police, and it's not a surprise. And then they act they act with such utter anger and outlash mm-hmm. when the president then proceeds to plan a rally on June nineteenth in Tulsa, Oklahoma, mm-hmm. almost a hundred years. To, since the worst race riot in this country by whites killing as many as 300 blacks, we don't know, right. and ruining Black Wall Street in one of the most profitable black communities ever in this mm. country. That's not, I was like, it's not a coincidence. He's trying to get you. He wants that reaction. He yeah. wants, he wants, here's what he wants. In the middle and the heartland of America, mm. before he pushed it back a day, because now that looks good too, because I heard you backlash because I have many black friends. He basically said that. He didn't really say that. But he, ben Carson and I are like this. I have many black friends. They <laughs> talked to me. They said, out of respect for June 19th, when we Republicans ended slavery, I'm a little bit better than Lincoln, some people think. A lot of people don't know the Democrats started the Ku Klux Klan. That's not how they vote so today, we're, gonna push it, we're, gonna, we're not going to talk about that. We're going to push it back a day. 
Also, coronavirus is a hoax, but if you want to come in, you have to sign a waiver that says if you get coronavirus, you can't sue me. That's a real thing, too. Anyways, so, but they had an opportunity. Yeah. And now they're using every bit of processed anger and, and, and flimsy cases. I'm telling you, this one's flimsy. Yeah. To, to champion this. And if you, if you ask any question, like, I just don't. I yeah. don't own there. I don't try to have a nuanced conversation with the left or the right now. It used to just be you knew you were, you wouldn't have it with the right. They would yeah. they would immediately jump into the libtard or uh, oh, I bet you want to give them reparations. Mm. Immediately you know who you're dealing with. It's not any better yeah. talking to someone who is firmly cemented on the opposite end of That's that. That's what I said the last time we recorded. Like, we're not, nobody's talking about George Floyd anymore. Now they're talking about this one. And they're talking about June 19th. The left can't stay focused long enough to make it count on they, anything. They now want to make sure there is now and a that's push. that's why they lose. There's now a push, a legitimate push, that even though Joe Biden has secured the Democratic national primary and candidacy for the United States president, they want this man to have one last debate with Bernie Sanders because Bernie Sanders is still on one of the Democratic tickets. And Bernie Sanders said he would do it. Yeah. What the fuck are you doing? You're you're solidifying. You are just. Four more years I'm just telling you. you I th- there was a brief moment in time, for two months here, fairly recently, where I felt my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> People don't understand my hatred of Trump predates President Trump. Right? They don't understand that I've known the con- the dude's a con man because I, I people already knew the man was a con man. I was upset because y'all fuckers voted a con man into the system, yeah. and now I act surprised. When he does con man-like things. Yeah. See, I, for a brief moment, thought, hey, coronavirus sucked. Losing my job sucked. Living kind of like these question marks sucks. Mm -hmm. Racism has long sucked. But hey, maybe maybe seeing a lot more people marching. Maybe seeing a Facebook post of like my black friends at a voting voting station at 4.30 in the morning for a primary, yeah. that was encouraging as fuck. Just on take away black or anything. Just mm. vote. Fuck yeah. Let's actually be the one time we all fucking vote. And by we all, I mean like, hey, let's bump it up from 35%. Yeah. Let's go to like, what would happen in this country if 50% of us voted? Yeah. Who would we get out? Do you get out the turtle? Do you get out one of the last Confederate generals, Mitch McConnell? I mean, where does it end? But they're not doing that. They're fucking shooting themselves in the foot, and they're frankly making they're making more more sense yeah. in the centrist median right right now. Yeah, because they're just saying we agree with this, but hold on, we have to be able to have a conversation. And then well, they make Candace they make Candace fucking what's that bitch's name? That I don't know, Dave Chappelle said her name a lot. Yeah, the dirty stinky pussy girl, yeah. Candace Roberts or whatever. Well, and what they do is they. They, uh, they. What a power hour! What they do is they mobilize the right, because now, now everybody on the right who was maybe going to sit out the election because they just they didn't really give a shit. Now they're going to go vote for sure. Now you're going to get more uh, federal, different level court justices that are all fucking Trump appointed. Now that was weird. Get, now you're going to get more. I, well, yeah. That was weird. Not to transition yeah. hard. Oh. But now you're going to get more of that shit. You know, you talk about the coronavirus and it's like, what would have happened if Obama was in office when coronavirus <laughs> happened and you still had a fully funded CDC and a nation and a worldwide pandemic alert and response team in the White House 
as part of the NSA, I believe, to alert the president of a potential national threat on a viral level. What would have happened in Corona? Forget who the president was, just the fact that we had that in place. Something that Bush put into place, a fucking pandemic response team as part of the NSA to make sure if anything like Ebola or SARS or MERS ever started showing its face, we'd be ready for it. And this fucking dumbass, <laughs> this fucking retard, and I'll say it, it's yeah. like, like, well, let's let's get rid of that. We don't need that. If we need him, we'll call him back in. I'm going to go play some golf and jerk off my tiny dick. Like, what... Uh, what might have happened? Like, you might still have a job. Things might still be going well here at this place. Who fucking knows? Know. We'll never know because, uh, you know, I've squandered everything I've ever touched. Why not Why not do America, too? <laughs> I just, I don't know. I was struggling because Leah was at that same point and we were talking about moving. And I was like, I, you know what? I just read, like, so many great articles about New Zealand. Can we just... Yeah, you know? New Zealand, Canada, fucking... And then, but they don't want us. Go look at the jobs that they're like, yeah... Yeah, no. You can come uh, pick tobacco. <laughs> we'll pay you a dollar an hour. Dollar a pound. Yeah. <laughs> you can live no. in that shed over there. <laughs> like, so you need IT and you need construction workers. That's it? That's about it. Yeah. <laughs> we should, uh, it's been a 45-minute segment, so no. we should probably wrap the politics. Right. But I think we're on the same page, more or less. Liberals are getting in their own fucking way. And it's just, if I'm a, like, you know, the Alan Bonos of the world, they're over here, they're losing their mind too because that idiot's over here, Joe Jurgensen. He's trying to sell me on this libertarian candidate. And I'm like, y'all are the worst. I know, I I hate libertarians more now (laughs) than I hate Republicans and Democrats. What a waste of space you are. You can't produce a real party. Nope. You can't produce a viable third-party candidate. The whole thing is we don't need anything. <laughs> we don't need anything. Yeah. We, we, we'll just do away with every federal institution the country's ever had and start with a fresh libertarian. I would love to see yeah. the outcome of that. You know what a good libertarian move is? Getting rid of the pandemic response team <laughs> inside the NSA. We don't need that. Government's too big. Everybody on the left keeps pointing out, like, you have these years-long, decades-long stump speeches from the right about how government is evil. And they come in and they remove bits of government. And it turns out we kind of needed that one. <laughs> that one might have made a fucking difference. Yeah, well, libertarians are far worse. Bye, Al. <laughs> Libertarians suck. Suck, man. A lot. I, mean, I bet, like, if they ever had a libertarian, what do you call them, the convention? Yeah. Which is going to be great, yeah. by the way. It'd be the least organized clusterfuck this convention man moved his in North, the history of his, his North, his North Carolina convention. He, you know, he moved it because they wouldn't authorize it without mm. masks or so he just moved it. Yeah. Found a new city. They're going to do it differently. I was like, I hope they all get COVID. I really do. Not die, just get it. Just struggle for a few days. Yeah. Short of breath, mainly. But now yeah, the, the Libertarian Party would host their, their their getaway in Folly Beach. They would have a convention. Just it would probably be like six or seven of them, mm. just like calling a quorum on the brown pack shit sand. Bono probably. Hey, you want some seaport? Bono, <laughs> it's this pink shit that just washes up on the beach. We don't know what it is. Do you want some? Then once they've certified that Joe is their candidate, yeah, they pass around the ceremonial she crab suit. They all have to drink of it, like yeah. like a like a kind of a fucked up, stupid ass community yeah. communal. What do you call it? Uh, communion. Yeah. So they pass around the... the, the, the yeah, take a sip of the, of the, the monkey. This is from mo- the monkey what, what you do is you take the monkey meat, uncooked, 
Well, not technically. The sun has cooked that motherfucker. <laughs> you take that monkey meat and you stick it, you dip it in the sheet crab, and then you just pop it in the mouth there. And we all say libertarian. Much like the communion bread, <laughs> we take a bite of the sea pork and pass to the left. <laughs> and then we sip of the Atlantic. <laughs> and we paddle our way out to Monkey Island where the orgy begins. <laughs> And because we are libertarian, we do not care who fucks what. Or monkey. It's, it's live and let live. So long as I'm getting my rocks off, you can put your cock in my asshole. Let business be business and butthole pleasures be butthole pleasures. In the pleasures. libertarian party, if everybody comes, everybody wins. Preferably at the same time. Even if you're coming in my rectum. So long as I'm coming in my neighbor's rectum. Don't ask about a garbage service to come through and clean up the dumpster full of cum. Because we will get rid of all federal services. We're going to need to do a lot of fundraisers. Because we, we have no money to allocate towards anything. When the hospitals begin to close. I don't know why Mr. Charleston. He, he would be a libertarian. Because only because he's a real piece of shit. In the same way that Mick Schmerer would be a libertarian. Yeah. Because they don't know what the fuck that yeah. means. They glom on yeah. to the idea of a third party. Yeah. And they like the idea that it says liberty something in there. Yeah. It just says liber- libertarian. You can't define that, and you fucking consistently roll out shit. Yeah. No, shit! The, the, your average libertarian is like, eh, American politics, eh, I, I just want to be over here. Uh, and and, <laughs> and just let me have this, and you do they, that. They literally, it's like that fucking, I don't care. It's like that meme that, that Banks shared earlier today, mm-hmm. uh, where he said, I'll play both sides. I just, Max, playing the fence, right? Yeah. That's all libertarian is. Yeah. Because if they want to talk about, you know, Fiscal policy, yeah. they can glom on to a conservative Republican as they used to be known, I yeah. guess. Yeah, right? Before they were added. And then to they the say socially, and if it's a social issue, they can hop on board mm-hmm. with that. But they, at the same time, I've seen these fucking guys that identify as libertarian literally make fun of both at the same time. Yeah. But it's like, that's not cool because you're an idiot. Yeah. You're borrowing the same fucking ideas from one place and yeah. yet you have no definable platform of your own. Yeah, no, if you're a libertarian, you're basically a bisexual and you're pissing everybody off. <laughs> you got your gay fuck buddy who's like, dude, stop eating out, eating fucking pussy. And you got your girlfriend going like, please stop taking loads of that. And you're like, hey, I just like everything. But, but they're not okay with it because they're on opposite ends of the spectrum. And, and they actually do things, whether we like it or not. Yeah. They're what we have. Yeah. So until you redo your platform. Yeah, they're active. You're not you're not only a bisexual. You're I don't not, even you're yeah. like a you're like a Jeffrey Lebowski bisexual. Yeah. You do nothing <laughs> and you fuck with both sides of the aisle. You took the million dollars. And I'm over here <laughs> typically voting Democrat just because I don't like Republican policies. And I'm like, get the fuck out of here with your libertarian bullshit. And go with your sea pork and fucking go. Libertarians just need to move to Monkey Island. And and within a matter of months, it'll be on fire like a Wendy's in downtown Atlanta. Safe saying. And so now we're on to the pussy and zebra cake portion of the show. We're going to do our top ten, top ten porn star vaginas and we're going to uh, review... Review Are them. we really doing? I don't even have a top ten. I just threw that out there, but we could totally do that. I do. I mean, there's vaginas I avoid. I can tell you that. <laughs> I'm so. sure. Yeah. What we have here uh, today was just something I, I had at hand. I'm going to bite it because it's already melted yeah, my go ahead. fingers. Yeah. Mm. 
is a mm, a little Debbie zebra cake. Mm. Now, Golden Voice here is not a fan of no, little fine. Debbie cakes in general. I'm but gonna eat it because it. I had two tall boy beers and I need something. Oh, soak that right up! Look at all that sponge in there. This, I just. What are you thinking? Hmm. It's not good. Why not? Why is it not good? I, I, I think they're excellent. I just don't like anything that this people, people make. <laughs> you, but tell me, that face you're making. Inherently, you're just eating cake and frosting there, and yet you make a face as if you're eating, like, some. I'm forcing some, some valuable, nutritious green down your throat. Well, I mean, not to sound like a snob, but, like, when do you have, like, real dessert? Yeah, well, like this isn't real dessert. Sure. It's hard to go. This on. is interstate dessert. This is this is a zebra. It's a it's a it's just southern trash food. It's really all it is. I know. I guess when it comes to southern trash food, I go for the savory, not the sweet. What is what is what does that mean to you? Like, like if you say right now, like, let's go get fucking gordita crunches at Taco Bell. I'm like, yeah, let's go. That's not southern. No, but it's trash. It's garbage. It food. is trash. Food. It's salty garbage food. So I mean, what are you, what are you giving this here? <clears throat> out of all the little Debbie things that I can conjure up in my memory, mm-hmm. I'll give this out of ten, mm-hmm. just an even five. Even five? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's pretty low. Um, oh. Wait, oh, I'm so sorry. It's like no, I brought. It's fine. I needed something to eat after. I'm gonna it's, it, it, it's not. It's not like I. I See, I'll do this all day. It's not like I just gave you a Margaritaville shot. You may as well. <laughs> Now, I mean, these aren't very fresh. Not that that matters. I, I will say, in some of the, the little Debbie snacks, and we'll send Matt some in our next in our next package down. And by the way, Matt, we did buy you Girl Scout cookies. And then COVID nineteen happened. Yeah, and, and you ate them, didn't you? No, they never even came. And not only did they not come, but they won't give me my money back. Who's not giving you your money back? The Girl Scouts of America. Who sold you the cookies? When we're we're the Girl Scout, so we're oh. we're buying them direct from Girl Scout corporate. So you bought the cookies, but never received I, them, and they're not giving you your money I spent back. Over a hundred dollars because we, you and I combined, spent like I think thirty five bucks to get Matt one of every flavor. Right. But we, me and Kristen, spent another seventy just to get Adelaide's numbers up and buy some more. And so we don't have the ones to send to Matt. No. So they I'm never, out thirty five dollars. They never. Well, you're out half of that. But well, they never came, and they're not giving me my money back. Why? Sorry, I'm fooling. They said um, it's lost in the system, and they, they can't they can't do anything about it. Wow! So there's no cookies, and there's no money. Mm. And I brought this up to Kristen a numerous times. Like, call fucking Den Mother or whatever the fuck her name. Like, get our money back if we're not going to get the cookies. The cookies are sitting somewhere. They were made, but we're not getting those, and we're not getting our money back. I will. I will. There will be issues. I know, I'm like, I kind of want to take her out. Like, if Adelaide didn't like it, be like, fuck this. How, how, many, pe- how many more people do they do that to? Mm-hmm. That's a scam. But I'm, I'm sure that Australia has a little Debbie or something like it. Ah, maybe. But this is uh, this was not a great one. If it was a little fresher, I'd have it in the, I, in the low sevens. But as is, this was like a 6-6. Six, six. You're not that far from my rating, then. I, it's way off. I overspoke. Or, or misspoke earlier when I said I hate all Little Debbie products. I do enjoy <clears throat> the uh, the brownie with the nuts on top. Yeah. 
particularly the Christmas tree shape with the with the light up oh, yeah, yeah, things. Yeah. Um, I, I like those, and I think they even didn't they do another. Wait a minute, you like the Christmas tree cake? No, 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 the brownie. The oh yeah, yeah, that's garbage. Those are awful. I'll eat the brownie with the nuts. Awful. That's like the worst thing they make by far. That's the only one I'll really ever occasionally. You're, you're the second person that's told me that. I think it's just two different types of people. If you like that, yeah, then you and I are never compatible. I think we've shown that. I think Swiss cake rolls are garbage. Garbage? Just pure chocolate Twinkie garbage. And and what is that fudge thing that has a few walnuts on it? I mean, it reminds me of the Chick Fil A brownie, which is even worse. But I didn't hate it when I worked there. I would get the brownie and the cheesecake and put one on top of the that. That sounds like you. Sounds like you. Um, the oatmeal cream pie is good, but now I've had artisan oatmeal cream pies, and I don't, I can't go back to that. They're one. okay. I actually, a friend of mine makes the world's best artisan oatmeal cream pie. She makes them for me special, and I pay her a little bit of money. They're absolutely incredible, worthy of being legitimately sold in stores, and I still buy regular oatmeal cream pies. Mm. I just there's a there's a little Debbie Island. Or um, not Island uh, Row Camp at my Kroger, yeah. where all of them are. Yeah. If you, we need to talk. and I very easily walk past them. If you go to your Kroger day. and you see the jelly cream pies, are you familiar? No, it's like a <clears throat> two cookies, cream and jelly sandwich mm-hmm. that they dip in chocolate. Mm-hmm. Okay, if if you ever see that word anywhere and it sparks in your mind, like I'm telling you now, jelly cream pie, buy them out. Tell me instantly, and I'll Venmo you on the spot. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I can't find them, and they're me and my dad's favorite little Debbie snack. And we've been to stores. We Dad even said he went to a big lots to buy like wrapping paper. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I just looked, and sure enough, they had one box. <laughs> and they were two weeks before their their date. It's like a uh, great great flavor Big League Chew. Yep, same exact mm-hmm. thing. Well, it didn't need to be. These things, I don't know why they're being taken off the market, but no, I just. But now I'm a porn star pussy. Well, yeah, I mean, not not a lot of. I don't know that porn star vagina, like specific vaginas, jump to mind. I have one, but I mean, let's talk about Riley's for a second. I don't love Riley's. It's very, it's very labia majora. Yeah, it is. Like she, she go like if she were to moon you, it would be a smooth transition from butt crack to pussy crack. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if you wanted to see the sort of uh, clam inner workings of her vagina, you'd have to do some digging. Right, 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 right. right. It's not all out for you to see. I mean, isn't that, could that be a byproduct of just years of... No, I think she just has a particularly uh, plump outer vagina. Hmm. Labia majora. Hmm. So hers... I mean, I've seen the other parts of her vagina, obviously. Yeah, I, I mean, we've discussed my issues with vagina. The reason I was kind of, haven't we? I, I had like a issues with vagina in my early youth that kind of scared me for uh, off vagina for a while. Not Were like you, a weight, like well, didn't scare say, me towards butthole. Just it didn't have to scare you towards butthole. It could scare you towards dick because you could easily if you were if you were. It wasn't about the physical. Let me walk this back because I'm not. You know, I'm not familiar with any of this. I thought I had told this story. My first girlfriend, things were good. First blowjob, first fingering, first mm-hmm. all those firsts as a young adolescent. <clears throat> uh, and then, uh, like a month or two in, uh, you you go to finger and you're like, oh, that feels different. And I was like, oh, and I didn't know what it was, but knowing now, it was clearly a, an infection mm. of a British. A yeast infection. Yeah. And it was 
it was bad. Like even now, I'm kind of getting sick because I just had that oatmeal, or I just had that. Uh, yeah, we basically zebra. Just ate I basically a, a, just a yeast, ate a yeast infection cake. Yeah, and she and dribble. she was too young to know, or I guess or too stupid to ask. I mean, she was 16. You'd think you'd know, but she had a pretty severe problem and didn't seem to know what to do about it, and didn't get any better so for a were while. You, like sticking your fingers into like goo, basically. Yeah. I mean, I, it's even again. It's not something I like to joke like I'm about. Picturing um, evaporated milk in a vagina, basically. Like I don't even know. <laughs> oh man, that's really gross. Uh, <laughs> and that's pretty much what it is. And okay. I and I remember, I was describing it to my friends that were girls because mm-hmm. I was I had many more of those. Mm-hmm. And I was they were like, oh, she has a yeast infection. They were like, and they started calling. And then them being much bitches, they were like, call her Patty mayonnaise. Like they'd see her at the school halls and be like, there goes Patty Mayonnaise. And I was yeah. like, bitch, if she fucking hears that shit, she's going to know that I told you all about her right, nasty-ass cooter. Right, because Patty Mayonnaise from Doug famously had a lot of yeast infections. And then this girl tells me she has some dream where she, I went down, this is this is all true. I wish this was not true. But she tells me she has some dream where she, I went down on her and I threw up. And that's how she woke up and she was sad. And I, she told me this story, Brent. I'm not kidding. She didn't have a dream that you went down on her and then, like, lapped up her yeast infection. <laughs> I guess there's a positive spin in this. I had this dream. But she told me the dream, and I felt, even at 16, bacteria. I felt the urge to tell her, like, it's not wrong. Your dream is actually a representation of real life right now, you know? But I couldn't tell her, and the relationship kind of ended. But I was pretty scared. Of vagina after that, because I, in my mind, mm-hmm. I was like, so these are just things that just fucking happen and then just never go away for like a month. Is this like a, you know what I'm saying? I was yeah. like, and I was, and then I, you know, because that had been bef- pre uh, yeast, had been a very pretty vagina. Because mm. I didn't have any conception yet, really. Yeah. Uh, you see it on charts and stuff when you're a kid and porn, but you don't really get. Well, and porn's not fair because the pros, especially in the 80s, 90s, early aughts, they were bleaching and 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 uh, oh, having yeah. surgery to like make it symmetrical. Right. Modern porn now, it's any vagina goes. You see all kinds of shades of pink, even gray sometimes, and uh, this side hangs more than that yeah. side. You've got real lippy motherfuckers. Yeah, you got and stuff that's, that's a real any like like Riley's where it's a mystery what's going on yeah, in there. I I can't do. It's um, what's happened. The long and short of this is that I am very, I'm I'm the Seinfeld of vaginas. I'm extremely particular. If if the vagina has a look, and you can, I don't even know how to describe what I'm telling you is unpleasant mm-hmm. when I say that word. I, it's I'm not going to I'm not going to be yeah. uh, using that video. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Well, and as a man, the whole concept of the inner workings is so foreign because like, dicks can be gross. The balls can stick. They're all gross. But but there's never been an instance where you woke up one morning and had just infectious goo <laughs> drizzling out of your dick hole. Well, that's not true either, because plenty of men have woken up on plenty of mornings with infectious but, shit easing out of their dick holes. Well, I never have. STDs. And I assume, I assume you never have. No. Well, yeah, obviously, if you have the clap or something, but, like, just a random thing, fluke thing, like a yeast infection. You've never woken up with a no. dick hole yeast infection. Yeah, I don't have Where a... your dick hole is producing a foul odor. And, and I'm and, saying, come here, bitch. And evaporated milk. You're like, what? It's fine. Just eat it. Suck it. it. <laughs> That's never happened. So when, you, when you're with the opposite sex, and all of a sudden, there's evaporated milk coming out of their vagina that smells rancid. It's like, is this a thing? 
Is this a thing that so, I have to, to, to contend so with? Thank you. Know I know that you're, I, I think what you're doing is helping people understand the picture that I'm painting. Yeah. And saying that I had a legitimate concern about vaginas after that. So, yeah, they had to be, you know, <clears throat> and I remember, and we can tie this into what we had said in the previous segment. I remember when Lee and I were dating, and you don't know. You don't know. No. You, know, you don't know. It's a whole mystery. And you really like this person. And in fairness to them, they don't know they how, don't know how small your dick well, is. Well, they do. They can usually, come on, you can get an idea, mm-hmm. you know. Plus, uh, but yeah, but once you've had your women, first... Women, big dick energy is a thing. Once you've had your first slow dance with a with a lady... That's it. And they felt your slow dance boner, because you're going to get one. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, that's what he's got. Yeah. Like, I, I, one of the worst dates I ever went on, this girl... Ugh, I have no idea what I was doing. Bro, this is a bad one. Because it wasn't that she was ugly. It was just like, you couldn't have been worse paired. Hmm. Like, this woman... And, and in retrospect, it got worse. But we went on two, like, one, two dates, maybe... And in one of the movie theaters, she awkwardly sat on my lap. It didn't have any context. Yeah. She just kind of sat on my lap. And I was like, this is weird. There was, there was like a handful of people, and she was just chit-chatting. I was like, this is very personal. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, like, mm, she's going to be all fat ass and mm, a little boner. Yeah. And she was like, hey, you have a boner. She said that shit to me. Hey, you got a this is my boner. second day. <laughs> well, hold on. It wasn't like, oh. But she may as well have said, hey, you got a little boner. Uh, well, again, I don't know why I should be It's not like I have a world's smallest penis here. No, but, I mean, we're related. I have a feeling we're, we're <laughs> the same. Uh, I, I said big dick energy is a thing. I didn't say I have it. Yeah, okay. no, that's what I'm saying. We're... we're it's like when my best friend... Leah like, loves hog, by the way. Our hog, the hog. Yeah. She's like, where did these come from? I was like, it's just... I'll never forget walking out of... Uh, I was having sex with a girlfriend in my friend Mike's house. <laughs> and I we had just finished. And I was peeing in the bathroom, still rock hard, you know, ni- 19 years old. Boners that don't go away after you've had sex. And I'm wearing just gym shorts. And I step out of the bathroom, dick fully erect through the gym shorts. And Mike is coming towards the bathroom. Sees me, sees my boner, and goes, hey, we're pretty comparable. (laughs) (laughs) It's good to know. And we high-fived, and then I kept walking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which most guys are comparable, if we're calling it. But anyways, I remember in eighth grade, she said that shit to me. Hey, look at that, you got a boner. Well, similarly, it was my eighth grade girlfriend, who I went to ninth grade. uh, There wasn't a third date. And mind you, she didn't call me. I didn't call her. She felt it. She felt it. Yeah. I saw it. It yeah. wasn't. My eighth grade girlfriend, who was my ninth grade homecoming date, mm-hmm. used to sit on my lap a lot in eighth grade, and I'd just have ragers. And it's like, there's no way she doesn't. No, but nobody's talking about it. And then at homecoming, <laughs> it's like all slow dance. And it's just, I like, just I have a rock hard boner <laughs> pressed against this poor girl for like all hours of the night. <laughs> And it's like, I know you feel this. Why aren't we talking about the fact that my sad, fat body is poking you right now? You know, it's so fucking true. Because all night she knows. Yeah. All night. fucking boned up. (laughs) Just from being near me. Just from just the slightest. The, yeah. the brush of a butt. I don't want to. Be. <laughs> this is a visceral, biological, keeping the species alive reaction 
in my horny 15-year-old body. I would give anything to have this boner go away. This is the one time in your life. Yeah, like I, if I could go back in time, I would grab myself and like, just tell her that you don't want this. She is attractive, and I'm not trying to press my rock-hard dick <laughs> into your waist right now, but I don't have anywhere else to put it. Just, 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 just bring it up. Open up the dialogue. She knows. She knows. <laughs> you haven't hidden it. Because that's the thing. That's the lie you're telling yourself all night at 15. Here's the when thing. your parents dropped you. Everyone's like, she doesn't know. Here's she doesn't know. I haven't touched my ba- I haven't tucked under my belt. She doesn't know. She doesn't know. She 100% knows. You're an hour from pre-coming into the top of your pants, and she's going to feel that too. She knows. <laughs> Here's the thing. <laughs> and with with our hogs, <laughs> it's not like one of these. You know, I've seen the dudes that got the fucking real deal hogs, and it, and if that gets hard, it doesn't have anywhere to go. Yeah. So it just runs down. Yeah. And that's a different thing because then that one was like, oh. Yeah. Whereas like when we do it, <laughs> it's straight it's up. <laughs> it's straight up. Five inches on a good day of salt. The firm poke at the end. <laughs> like they're they're thinking, I felt bigger, but this one feels more aggressive. <laughs> this one feels like it might do more damage, and I don't know if I want that. <laughs> this one feels, this one feels pushy. <laughs> this, one feels, this is the most straight dick I've ever felt in a sledding. <laughs> They're usually like somewhere down near my knee. There, there's and the, those are the good There's ones. the actual skit. Remove all men from the situation. <laughs> and it's a group of women that are taking a break from dancing. <laughs> they're like they're, they're they're going through the scale. So I don't know. He's probably like a seven or eight. It's not like really aggressive yet. And one more is like, whoo, she didn't get him. Just a <laughs> Jesus. He's got a two incher, but the fucker's giving me a sciatica. <laughs> he's pushing me away <laughs> while he's pulling me in. <laughs> Oh, I'm over here. I can feel it touching my leg. (laughs) You've got a winner. I mean, but it's going to hurt. And it's so true because when you ask your wife, like, you know, the most comfortable situation, we went to dinner the other night. Uh, Last night, we had an anniversary. And we went to Canoe. Mm. And they have this nice little garden. And we're walking around. And she's touching. It was a very nice night. By our standards, we usually argue on big holidays. So this was nice. And we're running around, and she's being playful, and she brushes it. And I was like, ah, you know, be careful. And she's like, why? I was like, I'm not wearing any underwear. You know, I was like, it's our anniversary. I didn't know. I didn't wear any underwear. <laughs> I, you know, and um, then the next thing you know, just like the general idea, and I was like, oh. And I was like, this is one of those like 15 year old situations where I have no control. So I, I, she's like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm just looking at these trees because if I turn around right now, mm. it's it's. Painfully obvious. These are pleated pants. Yeah. These are. I'm pitching a tent. <laughs> she goes, "Oh my goodness, you are!" And I was like, "Yeah, you've always known this." Like, and she was the one to tell you you'd be dancing. Like, this is a, this is how I know that what you're saying is true. And that if you're 15 and you're, and you're listening to this, you shouldn't be. But if you are, <laughs> just realize yeah. they are 100 percent aware. Yeah. Whether it's you could be dancing with your 15 year old ma- uh, boyfriend right. and you'd be a man. He knows. Yeah, you almost want to tell your wife, especially in our case since we have daughters, you almost want to tell your wife to tell the daughter, like, hey, like, 
they're going to get a boner at prom tonight. <laughs> and you'll make them so much more at ease if you just address it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That depends on the kid. If if our children are capable, and I think they probably will be, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't tell some nit, just any old nitwit, hey, listen, baby, when you get to dancing, you're going to feel that hard dick rub up on you now. Now, listen, he don't mean nothing by it. Well, he might. To be honest with you, he might. You might want to be aware. Mm-hmm. But if he seems nice and cordial, he's just, you know, just tell him. Yeah. Because then what she's going to do, I feel you dick. The wrong way to do this, you got a whole other problem. Well, a whole other problem on you. At 15, you got two kinds of guys. You get the kind of guy who gets a boner and then pulls in and goes, You feel that? And then you got me. He's like, I hope she doesn't feel that. And you just tell, you have your wife tell your daughter, like, if he acknowledges, then you leave. There's two. If he doesn't acknowledge it, then you politely say, Hey, I, I know. And it's cool. Don't worry about it. <laughs> two times a night we've drawn a line there's two types of people there's either people that believe there's systemic racism in this country and there's people that don't yeah. now the other, on the other hand there's people that'll get a boner rub it up on you and say feel that and there's other people that god I hope she doesn't feel this boner <laughs> Yeah. Those people are probably one yeah. of the same. Yeah, if you're the kind of guy who pulls a woman in close at 15 on your <laughs> homecoming date, you feel my rock hard five inch dick, you're a piece of shit. You probably vote Republican and think systemic racism is bullshit. If you're the kind of guy who thinks, God, I hope she doesn't feel my rock hard small to medium dick, sensitive, chances are you're a decent human being. Because in that moment you realize this is just a person. Yeah, I'm a person and too. They don't need to. They don't need to feel pressured by my biological response. Because all my body wants to do right now is just come inside of me to to make more people. And I'm not ready for that. And God knows I'm going to jerk off with a fury when I get home. But right now I really just want this to go away. But much like geometry class this morning, I can't do anything about it. And it's just there. And I just have a rock hard dick. Because her shoulders are exposed and she has a little bit of 15 year old cleavage and it's it's really firing me up right now. Everything I just, just Listen, there's something so wrong and right. Just everything inside of me is telling me to just pour cum into her. I just want to unload vast of semen into this girl. But I know that I can't. I don't. I'm not allowed to. At this particular age, as far as Brent Higgins is concerned, Jesus, Jesus is telling me Jesus not to. Hard pass. Jesus is telling hard me to keep pass. that in. Keep it in. Keep it Let in. Let it boil. It Let it bail. Build. He, you are building your spiritual <laughs> yoke. Jesus is telling you to build that yoke. Build your spiritual yoke. Guys, tonight, listen. Oh, yoke for Jesus. Guys, tonight, if I want you to leave with any, anything tonight, guys. <laughs> it's to, it's to, you know, if you're going to pursue a life of Christ, you got to build your yoke. <laughs> build your yoke for your wife. Your wife should get the yoke. Or if you go nine months like Brent did, your yoke will land with a thud on the floor. <laughs> but at least you try. You don't have to be Christ like, it's about the pursuit. That yoke had hair. No, uh, I, I think I said that on the pod. When I, after the end of my nine month streak, we we already did the we we did yeah we we heard and it was heavy. On top of the the bad vagina, I think that's enough. Like <laughs> we're only missing smegma, and if you go back to the last segment, we eviscerated Alan so much. The only thing we're missing there was your mama joke. So let's not take everything to the extreme. <laughs> 
Well, yeah, and we're, truthfully, we're, we were long in the first two, so we could probably... Hey, you got what you wished. Yeah. It went a little crazy. Yeah. But just, I do want to say that I, there is sometimes when things are so articulately, awfully said. Mm-hmm. And what you just said there is so true, because at 15, I unknowingly just yearned <laughs> to just literally pump loads mm-hmm. into these girls that I had affinities for. And yeah. it's like... That's biological. Yeah. Like every other creature, every other species right now would be doing just that. Just like, oh. Oh, yeah. You're 15? We were, yeah. If we were a 15-year-old you've boy and bl- girl bled? fucking hyena, <laughs> you know, going to hyena prom, I ain't no fucking dancing. It's hyena style fuck. <laughs> and then when I'm done with her, I'm going to move on to my friend's date and we're going to switch. Whoever semen yeah. comes out in the end. We're just, we're just there to pump loads and make more hyenas. <laughs> And then go fucking eat antelopes or whatever the fuck. No corsages. <laughs> we don't even go anywhere. No wobble. Just fucking. Oh, God. Just, just fucking safari fucking. Jeez, oh, buddy. Build that is good. For the, Lord. the only uh, and the and the vagina that I avoid. Uh, the, the, if I could, just to we'll finish with this. If I could transplant a vagina, mm. I really like this one. This one one I found called Jessica Robin. Have you heard? Have you have you seen this girl? Uh, I don't know. So she got she went with the name Jessica Robin on purpose, of course. I think she spells it with an E, like Robin with an E. Well, let's see. I spell it like Robin Williams. Yeah. So I go to this picture, right? No, that's not a good picture. Keep going. Keep going. Like that. Like that. Uh, I like this. Flies in the face of uh, of what's her face from last time. Uh, She looks like she's on meth. When she started, she looked a whole lot better. It's been a minute. But she has, yeah. Go back to that. It's busted. So this one bothers you. It does, because in that picture, it's tough to say what's butthole and. and the butthole's right there, and then you have a bridge here, no, I, and then the vagina <laughs> starts right there. Um, that one's a little. This is no virus scenario. I can see the butthole, and I can see the bridge, which you should pay attention to during cunnilingus, <laughs> and then I can see the beginning of the vagina. <laughs> I don't, I mean... I mean, maybe for you. This I don't one, have a problem with this one. I, I have a problem with this one. And I have a problem with overly lippy. But that's about... I mean, I don't... I try... I'm more picky than that, if I'm being honest. I uh, I don't... I don't know that I have a problem with, with any vagina. I have seen, like, if you if you want to Google it, you can Google, like, long... No. No, like Elvira? No, like, like, like long labia minora. I remember my friend Mike, uh, not my dick friend, the the friend that I have a dick in common mm-hmm. with, a different Mike, for fun once he showed us a picture of these vagina lips that must have been five inches long, just hanging and super wrinkled. And I was like, yeah, I just don't, I don't know. That's, if I'd, that's like elephantitis. I don't, know that's... If I, I don't know. I'm not on board with that one. But I, I, I'm not choosy. I will say, I'm not going to reveal any names, and I won't go into too much detail, but I had a girlfriend once who was particularly inner lippy and they were thick very thick and in fact during sex they would kind of pinch at the top of my my there was so much skin despite being adequately you know naturally lubed up there was a lot of pinching involved and she could tell it was uncomfortable and uh-huh. and I guess she kind of had a, a weirdly close relationship with her mother because at some point she told me that her mom offered, out of the blue, to pay for reconstructive surgery to make her vagina, like, perfect and symmetrical and shorter. 
because there was some unnecessary length there. Uh-huh. And I was like, and we were dating. I was like, if you want to do that, you can. I'm not. I'm not telling you to go do that. But if you want to do that, then I mean, that's up to you. Yeah. You know, we were young, and, I was, and in my mind, I'm thinking like, we're not getting married or anything. We're just dating. Like, so don't ask me like, what do I want in a vagina for the rest of my life? <laughs> like, this is a you decision. <laughs> She ended up doing it, and I was like, I don't want to see the healing process, but just keep me abreast to when things are, are ready for show, and I'll take a look. Oh, boy. Because I didn't want to see I've never the, heard this story. I didn't want to see the... I, I, Did you do, like, a grand I, reveal, like Parker behind no, a bus? No, but, like, I was familiar with the before. That, they should do vagina reconstructive surgeries like that. Yeah. For, made for television, where they get their whole family out there, all the <laughs> yeah. neighbors, and then a bus moves, and she's just spread eagle yeah. with her new vagina. I was familiar with it before, and I was whatever. It was fine. It was what I had come to know from night one. And then I eventually saw the actors like, yeah, there's a huge difference, and good for you. And that pinching thing went away. But I had no interest in seeing the black and brown and bruised in between. I was like, just show me when everything... It's a very man thing. It's a very... Let's just show me the finished well, product. Well, if you, if you told me... If you, you showed me... Show if you sausage. showed me your dick right now yeah. and you're like, this is what it is now, I'm going to get it bigger and I wouldn't want to see the in-between like when the stitches are healing. I'm like, all right, well, show me when you're done. There's just... If there, if there was a surgery, I would never do. <laughs> I'm just being honest. Yeah. I mean, if you had to... If someone said... Y- y- you get... One plastic surgery, that'd be the, the... I wouldn't even think of it. Yeah. If I had to do it. My only point being, I was not particular about either <sighs> vagina. I ad- admitted it when she once asked, like, this one does pinch in a way that I'm not used to in certain positions because there's just so much extra extra going on. So if you're fixing it for that, for me or the next guy you date 10 years from now, then by all means. But I, I visually... I didn't care so, either way. So out there right now, there's a, um artificially enhanced vagina mm-hmm. pleasuring somebody that's yeah. not And I'll being... tell you more off the pot. Oh, I won't reveal well, too much about I kind of think person. I know. Mm, well. But, like, I remember dating girls who were self-conscious about asymmetry, about different color. Like, I don't care. Like, if you're letting me I play have, with it, I yeah, don't care. I know, I know. Like, <laughs> yeah, I can see you being on that. I, I have found that the ones that think that, that have self-conscious, there are more self-conscious about it, mm-hmm. likely don't have, or in, in most, more instances than not, don't have an, any real issue in my eye. Yeah. Like, the, the things that bother them are these, like, small things. And you're like, I don't, as long as you're not. Yeah. I, I was like, I have seen... Not the worst. Yeah. I have seen bad, bad, yeah. bad, bad. This, yeah. this is not that. See, in, in my my limited number of, of uh, partners, I've only ever really seen uh, three. <laughs> the others, it was dark, <laughs> and I have no idea. There was other people around. <laughs> Well, because like with the others, like some in some instances, partner wise, there was never any oral. It was just like a one night stand sex thing. Oh, it was in the dark, and I never got a I never got a look. You bad bad boy. Um, I can't imagine having sex with somebody and not seeing their vagina. Uh, there was just because I feel like it's something that doesn't need to pass. I'm not here to give you a visual inspection. Yeah, but I do. Again, this gets back to what I bring from past experience. Like I need to. You know, I'm not gonna. Fuck a thing of cottage cheese here tonight. I, 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 I wanna... take that back. I've, I, I've only ever had six partners. That's my. That was Whoa, my limit. Well, you're getting all of it tonight, folks. That was my limit. I stopped at six. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And I blame a lot of that on the Lord. <laughs> of the six, I take it back. I got a good look at four. Well, I got a great look at three. An okay look at four. And there was two that I never saw. Okay. Never saw. Felt. 
mm-hmm. engaged with mm. on a on a personal level. <laughs> on a, on a, the sense of touch was involved, <laughs> but the sense of smell and sight and taste. Uh, were not we should we should have ended it at all. I wanted to do was just. <laughs> vociferously dump loads. Well, and to be clear, that particular uh, homecoming date, even though she had uh, expressed an interest in getting fingered at the movies, it never, it never happened. Oh, no so. finger. What movie was it? Who fucking knows? It was probably like Scream Two or something. Oh, this, this, this was eighth grade. This was pre nine eleven. This is not. This golden. is a while. This ago. was not Golden Voice. Let's this was ninety nine. This was like bowl cuts were happening. I'm sure that was Brian. I never had a bowl cut. <laughs> was ass cracking his bowl cut. Love it. W F U C K. Ninety seven five. Coming up next, we got traffic and weather. We got sports with Skip Whatever. Still on his way from wherever the fuck he is. He's probably not coming. <laughs> All right, well, we'll have to do a round of golf with his dad then. Alan Bono's a piece of libertarian shit. Anyways, coming up next for your homecoming dance, we've got the wobble. <laughs> Holler. <laughs> 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 <laughs>